Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Here's your host, Michael Ball. And away we go. Another great show in store. And it's brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. They got some great menus down a great menu down there. They got the hangover special. The um Jalapeno popper dip, you name it. All the great cocktails, too. All our guests come to you via the Western Pizza Hotline. Get it hot, get it fast at the Western Pizza. You can text us 936 6262. Lots going on in the world of sports, including the announcement of the 2023 Sastel Plaza of Honor class. And going into the Plaza of Honor, the first ever woman in the builders category, Wanda Kelly. Or check that, Wendy Kelly, posthumously, she is going in. And the 2013 Grey Cup team, that's right, that's the one that won at home turf. November 24th, 2013, 45-23 over Henry Burrs, Ken Austin, and the Hamilton Tiger Cats here in Saskatchewan. Uh, Back to Kelly for a second. She was uh, in the builders category from 1993 to 1995, born in Moose Jaw, Died in 2018. First female board member in Rough Rider history. Prior to her time on the board, Kelly was the team nurse for seven years. She co-produced the Grey Cup Parade in 1995 in the halftime show. And she chaired the 2012 Plaza of Honor uh, Dinner Committee. And production manager at the 2013 Grey Cup Gala. So it kind of ties in. As far as uh, the 2013 Grey Cup team... Well, you know that team. A team defeated the Tiger Cats, like I said. Corey Sheets named the game's MVP, 197 yards rushing, two touchdowns. Getzlaff was named the top Canadian. The club had an 11-7 record, finished in second. Safety Tyron Brackenridge, receiver Weston Dressler, D-lineman Alex Hall, O-lineman Brennan Labatt, and running back Corey Sheets were named CFL and West Division All-Stars. Uh, and then just the West Division All-Stars were Dwight Anderson, Darian Durant, and Terrius George, along with uh, Chris Getzlaff. Um, but we don't get to the Grey Cup. Like, okay, so we smashed Calgary in that cold game, but we don't get to the Grey Cup unless Darian Durant has one of the greatest performances in Rough Rider history in the fourth quarter when he basically said, I can't, I can't probably say what he actually said, but basically it was, screw it, I'll just do it myself. And he, he took the team on his back in the uh, fourth quarter and really saved that season. And looky, looky here, he's joining us from the uh, Nutrient Ag booth where he's been at uh, Ag in Motion all week. Doubles, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. How's it going? Uh, it's great to talk to you again, my friend. How you Absolutely. been? Do- how you been doing? I've been great. Uh, just being a, a, a dad and uh, enjoying my girls, watching them grow has been amazing. So that's the first thing I want to ask you, man. How tough was the transition from being the, a franchise quarterback and a guy that helped us to one of the greatest nights of our entire history in this team, maybe the greatest night, to uh, just being a regular civilian like me? <laughs> 
It's hard. Uh, I mean, and, that, and that's to put it in the simplest form. Uh, it's not easy, but, um, you know, being a competitor and being in the game of football my entire life, uh, you know, having kids has really put a perspective on life for me. It slowed things down. It's definitely softened me up and, uh, you know, Having three girls to do that to you, so oh, no it's kidding. been a great transition, and uh, I'm loving it. Man, it's got to be like avoiding defensive linemen just to get to the washroom in a house with all those girls. Absolutely, they always want something. So <laughs> that's uh, great. It's, it's tough. <laughs> that's great. Hey, uh, Darian, what's the best thing about being a dad? Uh just just having some someone look up to you. You know, having someone who who needs you, having. Uh, a group of girls who depend on you that you can raise up to be women in this world um it's just a great feeling and uh you know just to have you know be be able to have a part of you seeing that in someone else and watching them grow it's just been amazing well you just heard me there the riders announced that the uh, 2013 team is going in uh first off what Take us through the fourth quarter of that game against the BC Lions because you really single-handedly rescued that Grey Cup run for the Rough Riders. What's going through your mind there in the fourth quarter? Well, we we couldn't get much done in the passing game, and uh, you know I, I I noticed that. And uh, you know when you, whenever you play against BC, you're playing against some Hall of Famers and Ryan Phillips and Corey Banks and Dante Marsh and those guys. So it's always going to be tough. And uh, at that point in time, I just said, look. If they're going to sit back in coverage and, uh, you know, take away our guys down the field, uh, they did a good job of stopping Corey Sheets that night as well. So, you know, I just, you, you put it in simplest terms. I just said, screw it. It's time for me to, uh, you know, use my legs. I haven't used them much all season. And uh, what better time to do it than now? So, uh, you know, you have to give George Cortez a lot of credit, too. He, he recognized the situation as well and made some uh, key quarterback draw calls, yeah. and uh, I was able to make it happen. Yeah, I, uh, I was talking to Superman. I, I, we've had many conversations, me and G-Roy, and he said, you know, I told Darian, use your legs. Use your legs, man. You can run. Do you remember him saying that to you? Absolutely. I mean, no one knows that secondary in BC better than G-Roy. So, uh, you know, he made it clear, look, they're going to try to take me away. They're going to try to take Weston and Getz away, and uh, you're going to have to make it happen. If we're going to advance to Calgary next week, you're going to have to get it done. And, uh, you know, that's what bringing in a veteran like G-Roy did for a team like us. You know, he put things in perspective and, uh, you know, he let us know how tough it will be playing against a secondary like that. Uh, I was talking to a few of your teammates in that 2013 team and they said, uh, you know, about halfway through the game, we knew Calgary was going to quit in that game. They were too cold. Did you kind of feel that there? You guys smacked them around pretty good. Yeah, we, we felt like if, uh, you know, we always played well in Calgary. So, we knew that our toughest game in the playoffs would be against BC. And uh, we felt like if we could get past BC, uh, you know, not to take anything away from Calgary, but we, we felt really, really comfortable going into Calgary, and, uh, and we felt good about our chances. You know, I, I, uh, I covered the team from the sidelines pre- and post-game shows, and I... <clears throat> It took a lot of calls. You know, they love you here. They hate you here. Uh, but I, I thought what went really unappreciated was that Grey Cup week. And you didn't have any, you didn't have any family in with you. You, you kept them all away because you just wanted to focus on winning the championship. Just take me through that. Was it a lonely feeling after you won a little bit? It was. Um, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. It was very lonely afterwards not being able to hug your mom, your dad, your brothers, you know, your family. But I knew 
how chaotic of a week it would be being in Regina. Uh, I knew that I would have a lot of obligations. I knew that I didn't want to deal with tickets. I wanted to be able to watch film and just, you know, study Hamilton and make sure I had the game plan down pat because this, this was the biggest game of my life. So, um, you know, I wanted to make sure I was able to lock in and focus, and that meant leaving all my loved ones at home. Um, you know, I, I had to do what was best for that situation. After losing two great cups, you know, in nine and ten, um, I really needed to focus in and, and, and take care of business for this one. Lastly, Darian, you're back home. You've been at the Ag in Motion with Nutrien. How does it feel to be back at your second home back here in Saskatchewan? It's been absolutely amazing. Um, I've, you know, just feeling the love and support from the Nutrien staff, uh, the fans who've come out here to show support. It's been amazing. Um, everyone still remembers the Grey Cup. Everyone still loves our 2013 team. And, uh, you know, I just appreciate Nutrien bringing me in and, uh, you know, getting me this feeling of the support of Saskatchewan back. It's been amazing. Yeah, and it probably smooths a little bitter taste in your mouth uh, being let go uh, probably earlier than you should have. Uh, I don't know if, uh, if the bitterness ever goes away, but probably softens it a little bit, right? Yeah, I mean, it's always um, going to be in the back of my head how things happen. But, uh, you know, it's a part of the game. You know, I look at Tom Brady, one of the greatest <laughs> yeah. ever. He, he he left New England and had to go to uh, Tampa and to continue his career. So it's going to happen at some point in time. But just being back in Saskatchewan, it just uh, it gives you that warm feeling of home and you know what it felt like when I was a player. Hey, I gotta I gotta get one more in here because I don't talk to you too much, Darian. What kind of advice would you give to Mason Fine here, getting ready for a big game in BC as he's taken over from the fallen Trevor Harris? Yeah, uh, you know what? The main thing is just don't hold anything back. Uh, you know, I was talking to a couple of fans this week, and we were talking about Mason and how tough it is playing in the Western uh, Conference in the CFL. And, you know, dealing with a team like BC, you're going to have to score a lot of points. So in order to score points, you're going to have to take some calculated chances. And, uh, you know, that's my advice to him. Just go out there and, and, and try to make some big plays when the opportunity presents itself. Know the situations. Know where you are on the field. And, uh, you know, sometimes you're going to have to let your receivers make a play for you. But in order to win a game like this, you're going to have to score points. And in order to score points, you're going to have to take some calculated chances. And I think he has to do that. It's great to have you back in Saskatchewan. Thanks for being on our airwaves. Take care, my friend. No problem. Thank you. Always good talking to you. Yeah, love Darian Durant. Love me some doubles. We'll take a break. We'll be back with more of the sports cage for the Canadian Brew House in a moment on 620 CKRM. Saskatchewan's best coverage of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders is on the Sports Cage, right here on the Mighty 620 CKRM. Ah, thanks to Sean Kleisinger and Gloria Evans for lining that up for us. Uh, she ran into him at the Saskag in motion. I see Darian Durant back in Saskatchewan, yeah. where it rightfully belongs. Yeah, especially on a day like today. Yeah. Groundbreaking day, 2013 team going yeah. into the... Saskatchewan Rough Rider version wow. of the Hall of Fame. And we're, not, and we're not doing that without that fourth quarter. 90-some yards rushing. That was one of the greatest quarterbacking performances in a three-game stretch in the CFL playoffs in the history. He, he had eight touchdowns and no interceptions in that playoff hard to, run. Hard to argue, man. That's yeah, unreal. It's at the top. And last great cup we've won. Only four great cups in our history. That does that's tough to swallow. When you think but about it, it makes the ones that we won so yeah, you know. But when you think about it, we probably should have like seventy two we should have won. 
So that's one. 76, we should have won. That's two. Uh, 2009, we definitely should have won. So that's three more. 2010, we lost by a field goal. So you could make a case we could have won that one. That's four. Um, and I, so that's four for sure. So let's go a good chance at four. So that gives us eight. I, I, I say if Durant doesn't hurt his elbow on that non play in Winnipeg, that we probably win that one too. Because they were rolling then, they were like eight and two or seven and two, and they were yeah. eight and two after they won that one. Yeah, like well, that, that could have been a repeat. The team has been to so many great cups over the years, but like you said, the ones that we should have won, the ones that I know in my lifetime, other people can text in, but I'm just saying. Yeah. So that one, do you think we should have won ninety seven versus Doug Flutie? No, we're lucky <laughs> we got there. I will say this: here's a good, here's a good question for you. Now, for the old timers out there. Um, well, we've only got four of them. So, what's the biggest one in team history? Like, what's the what's? Now, nah, that's a bad way to question. Sorry. What's the most memorable moment in history? Is it the '66 Grey Cup, our first, or is it the 2013? I have to say it's a 2013 because we did it on home turf. How about uh, hmm, Bridgeway's field goal in '89? Uh, yeah, but. Yeah, and then, because that's the greatest Grey Cup ever. Yeah, that's true. But is it more? Is that more memorable than what we did in Regina yeah. in the Grey Cup? I think it probably just depends who you ask. Yeah. Maybe. Well, let's. Which one to use the most memorable? Is I wasn't it, alive okay, yet. So we'll, so. Do, we'll do that because 2007 we played a backup quarterback. Okay? I love to. That's my favorite okay. Grey Cup. That's the first time okay. we won one. What's your favorite? 2007. Grey, what's your favorite Grey Cup? 23rd. Not like we have so many to choose from. Is it? <laughs> is it 66, 89, 2007, or 2013? Hey, break out the champagne bottles. The Blue Jays finally beat the Padres four nothing today. Yeah, what a surprise! It was a Vladdy Guerrero getting a homer and Alejandro. Kirk hit a homer, and the uh, Blue Jays win. Uh, Padres took two of three, so they won't do anything this year, but they beat the Blue Jays, and I don't have to listen to any of you guys. You or Blaine or anybody bug me about the Blue Jays. It doesn't, doesn't work no, that it does. way. It does. It works All that right. way. Right. It works that way. It works that way. Women's World Cup <laughs> Final is underway, and uh, New Zealand wins its first ever in that event. one nothing over Norway. Australia over Ireland one nothing, and Nigeria and Canada play tonight. I saw Christine St. Clair, who is an amazing athlete at 40, you know, kind of whining and complaining that they should be an equal footing oh. with regards to pay. It has nothing to do with gender. It has to do with popularity. And when your game is as popular as the men's game, then you will hopefully get equal pay. You should get equal pay then. Till then, no. It's like women's softball at NCAA. Women's softball, they're great athletes, but you can't tell me that you should be highlighted or compensated or whatever the same as the male football player at Tennessee or Alabama. No! No, because that football program pays for everything else. Same reason why NHL players, why an NHL player signs a three-year entry-level deal at, what, 925000 each, what Bedard just did, and an NBA player signs, he gets an entry-level contract and it blows the roof off the mm-hmm. off the salary cap. It's all what the market is, yeah, baby. the market, the revenue, all that. That's why a CFL player first-round pick doesn't make what an NFL first-round pick makes and never will. I never understood let's that Let's be argument. honest. Let's be honest. They are great athletes. I just said Christine St. Clair is a great athlete. But women's soccer is never going to be as 
as popular as men's soccer ever. So let's drop it. It has nothing to do with men and women. Oh, we're so hard done by. No, it has to do with revenue. That's what it has to do with. Mm. So drop it. Drop it. I'm going to drop it. Don't want to hear it. Talk about Don't want to hear it. Don't want to hear it. Hey, the owners oh, have we approved. Got text. The owners, okay, keep it going. Owners approved the $6.05 billion sale of the commanders to the Harris Group. Mariners Kellenick, Jared Kellenick, he broke his foot today. He kicked a water cooler after a bad a bad uh, deal there. Bad, bad at bad. Kicked a water cooler, broke his foot. Uh, speaking of foot injuries, Malden... Uh, Malden, the fourth of the uh, Red Blacks, Defensive Player of the Year in the CFL. He goes down with a foot injury during practice. How about this, Knucklehead? Can you look up our idiot? Of the, can you get our idiot of the day? Thing I just going have here? to find my idiot. And find your idiot right now. I found the idiot. You find the intro because every it, you spelt idiot wrong. I don't know much. <laughs> I D I O T of the day. What is of the day? It's called idiot of the yeah, day. Yeah, well, you did. You know what? There's two idiots of the day. I'm working with one. I spelt it. That's how you spell it. Yeah, that is. Now go of. It's not here. Go cage idiot of the day. It is in there. Cage idiot of the day. Right. What? It's gone. It's overwritten. I'm telling you. I'm not. I'm not out to oh, lunch on I this one. O- I may have overwritten it. I may have overwritten it. My fault. Anyways, idiot <laughs> of the day. Idiot of the day. It's uh, Vikings rookie receiver Jordan Addison. He was cited this morning for speed and reckless driving. An officer clocked this idiot, first round pick, at 140 miles an hour on the freeway in a 55 mile an hour zone. Ooh. He was not arrested, but the investigation into the incident is ongoing. Who's the dude that went uh, a a billion miles an hour and smoked uh, that woman and killed her? Uh, Henry Ruggs, right? Yeah, yeah, that Ruggs. guy. That guy's yeah. serving hard time yeah, right now. Can't these guys figure this out? Like, what are you doing, man? What are you doing? Just a goofball. Well, they don't know what they're doing. Like that's obvious. Hey, tonight we've got they the, lose their brains in the off season. <laughs> tonight we got the Edmonton Elks. And they are taking on the uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers. They are favored by 14.5 points. That's going to be a juicy game, Would huh? you bet on Winnipeg to cover the spread? Uh, yeah. yeah. Mm, I think it's going to be a close game. Edmonton's lost by 15 or more twice. I think the Edmonton Elks are going to come out tonight and shock the country. I was going to say the world, but let's well shock North America. Uh, did I not say? I'm sorry, Paul. Paul Waldo just texted me. He said, you didn't say the idiot's name. The idiot's name, rookie wide receiver. <laughs> Is it? Is it? Is it Michael Ball? Jordan yeah. Addison, wide receiver, first round pick. He didn't say the idiot's yeah, name. Yeah, didn't even say. Yeah, idiot. Jordan Addison, 140 miles an hour. Thankfully, nobody was was hurt. Hey, speaking of 2013, Walter's going into the plaza. Oh yeah, that's right. Because he was on the team. Yeah, that was his third Grey Cup. Won two with Montreal, and uh, he won one in Montreal when we think he stole our title. Yeah, he won in 09, the one we should have won. And he won in two. He doesn't ever talk about that. He lets us slide under the radar because he knows you get absolutely smoked. I'm going to bring him on the airwaves tomorrow and bully him about that game. You should. Game. Call him tomorrow. Paul, I'm going to call you tomorrow and I'm going to bully you tomorrow oh, you know, on we these forgot, airwaves. We forgot. You know what? Absolutely. you got to call him because I forgot to do it on Wednesday. Um, it is... Um, Waldo Warriors, we never did it. So, Paul, you're Ooh. listening. We're going to do Waldo Warriors for the Riders game. Offense, defense, and special teams. He said he's going to do it. So he just said, text tomorrow him. Tomorrow or tomorrow. today? Tomorrow. To- okay. Tomorrow. Waldo's Warriors. Yeah. Tomorrow. Yeah. 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 There you go. All right. Um, 
we were all over the place here. Edmonton won a pig. I Edmonton's I, winning. Edmonton is Edmonton has a loss by fifteen or more twice this year. Uh Winnipeg's, Winnipeg's down in the off, dumps. Winnipeg's coming off an awful loss to Ottawa. They're depressed. By the way, you and I both watched that rewatch that game. I watched it on your recommendation. Olda, uh, it was it was quite a crumb back. Crumb was oh. throwing dimes. <laughs> you see that last, that last drive there? He was throwing Absolutely some dimes. Absolutely threading the needle, yeah, maybe along he, the sidelines. Yes, he was, like, okay, crumb. Like, that wasn't a fluke one. He was slicing and dicing no, there that was no fl- aging flukes. bomber's defense. How about I, that one far side of the field? Yeah. R- going left to right, yeah. far side of the field. Far Drops are right into the bucket. And then like, how about just running like a like an elk, just right through everybody. Yeah. Like just oh, man. running like a deer. Yeah, he runs like a deer going through the whatever, the yeah, prairie the, wind. Yeah, going through the bombers, a pathetic defense. I would love to see Edmonton win tonight, but they're not going to win. But I think they'll be within 14 and a half points. That's why they play the game. Glenn Suter will join us live from the IG Field broadcast booth if we can hook up with him there. It's it's Winnipeg, obviously. Yeah, it's the phone, IG, the phone, IG the, Field. The internet don't work out not there. Not necessarily. Yeah. Uh, anyway, there's chipmunks nibbling on the phone lines. <laughs> <laughs> or after they went to the rum hut, we're going to take a break. We'll be back with more of the sports cage in a moment. Uh, when we come back after the news, we'll have our train with Tish segment. We'll hear from Brian Cox Jr. and Coach Dickinson before four plus pick the score. It's the sports cage for the Canadian Brew House on six twenty CKRM. Back with your sports ticker at 3.32. The Toronto Blue Jays, they salvaged the win versus the San Diego Padres today. Four to nothing to avoid the three-game sweep. So with the win, Toronto has a 54-43 and record. They're in third place in the American League East. And looking at the wildcard standings, the Blue Jays are in that second wildcard spot. And don't look now, but hey, the Baltimore Orioles are in first place in the American League East because they have less losses than in the Tampa Bay Rays, so Tampa Bay falls down to that top wild card spot in the American League. Talking a whole lot of postseason playoff picture, it's still you know pretty. I don't want to say early. We are almost in August here, but it's time to start looking ahead to the postseason. It's time to pump you up. Get the latest in fitness and lifestyle tips with one of Canada's top fitness trainers, Tish Duffy. This is Train with Tish on the Sports Cage. Okay, so you got the exercise world handled. Now you're writing newsletters? What the heck's going on here, Tish? (laughs) Well, yeah, I just decided that it's really important to make sure I'm not leaning on just one or two, uh, you know, options Hmm. to make sure that I'm connecting with my audience. And I think the newsletter, although I'm not the best writer, um, I'm going to dive into that. I do have a small subscription list, but um, I plan on growing it. Just It's a great way to get information out there, so... This is my new thing. Okay, so where can they find this newsletter? Well, uh, that's a good question. I have a link, Mm -hmm. um, and I'll post it on my Instagram page, and then they can just click on that link, and uh, maybe I can send it to you, and you can post it somewhere on your your station or something. Sure, we'll do that, but you can find her on all the social media platforms. Her handle is Train with Tish, Tish Duffy here. Okay, so with the newsletter, you've uh, gone into... Three different points. So we'll go this week with point number one. Just tell us about this, okay? Okay. So as we age, and I know your audience is a little younger, but it's important as you're young to kind of stay on top of this stuff. So it's better to be always proactive than reactive. So this is a good topic for all of your listeners. And as we age, obviously, we want to make sure we live longer, but we also want to make sure 
that this long life is full of vitality. So we can do the things that we want to do still in our 70s and 80s. And there's three things, three pillars that we need to focus on as we get older to make sure that this happens. And this can happen, you know, if you're 40 and you're, you're not quite there, it's never too late. So I just always want to make sure people know that um, it's never too late to make sure you live this vital life. Mm-hmm. So the first thing would be your cardiovascular health. Um, there's a couple ways you can test it. You can go to your doctor and do a VO2 max, or you can do um, a 1.5-mile test. So you just find a track, and you time yourself after 1.5 miles, and it kind of gives you a chart. And you can find these online about where you're kind of at. And it's not the best indicator, but it's certainly the best. And there's two different ways that we can improve our cardiovascular health. We can do it through really, really high-intensity training, so like HIIT-style training, and this usually lasts for about 30 to 40 seconds, so you're really uncomfortable. There's no way you would be able to have a conversation with someone. It's just super, super hard, and you do kind of intervals, so 30 seconds on, maybe a minute off, 30 seconds on, and then the last time it takes for you to recover, then you know that that VO2 max or your cardio health is improving. So that's a really good indicator of if you're improving. How long is it taking you to recover? And then the second one is more like that long endurance type of training. So I always say like nature walking, not necessarily walking on the treadmill because we can get kind of lazy picking the temp, the sorry, the incline and the speed. Mm -hmm. But if you're outside actually in nature where that heart rate is naturally coming up and down, that's the best form of sort of that medium to lower intensity cardio. And they say if you do about 100 to 150 minutes of that twice a week, you will improve that VO2 max. All right. This is Train with Tish. You can check her out on all her social media platforms with the handle uh, Train with Tish. And that's where you're going to find her newsletter on Instagram. Thanks for your time. My pleasure, Michael. Thanks so much. The Sports Cage is your locker room pass. We're talking riders on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. Hey! Yeah. What a great way to start the show. Hearing from Darian Durant. Paul Waldo texting in. He's going to join you tomorrow. Mike McCullough will line him up. The 2013 team going into the Plaza of Honor along with... A builder in the builder category. I just want to get the name right. I'm sorry. She was a builder from 93 to 95 on the board, and her name is Wendy Kelly. Passed away in 2018, so she is posthumously being honored. I used to, I could never say that word. Posthumously. It's posthumously. Posthumously. I used to butcher that all the time. Anyway. Can uh, you say Habib Nurmagomedov? No. Right. No, I could barely say uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and I right. can't really say. Don't uh, turn away from the mic at the end. That's a, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, Giannis <laughs> Antetokounmpo. There we go. And Tua Tungavailoa. Tua Tungavailoa. Yeah, yeah. Tua Tungavailoa. See, I'm not as bad as at English as you might. think No, I you am. can't say Philadelphia, but Philadelphia. Yeah, you're better. Yeah, I don't say Philadelphia anymore. You used to say Philadelphia. It drove me nuts. <laughs> it absolutely drove me nuts. And you said something earlier that drove me nuts. I'm going to critique you right here live in the what air. What is it? Especially, it's not especially. It's especially, especially, especially. Not especially. Everybody says especially, and Thank I. You. you don't do this. You don't do this. But this drives me nuts too. My dad used to do this, and he wasn't the only one because 
so many people have said it, they've added it to the dictionary. It's not irregardless. It's regardless. But so many people say irregardless. Uh, no, I don't say that. No, you don't. No. I said you didn't. Uh, another, I know. Another thing that people, my mom used to do this all the time. Hey, you got to take the cabbage rolls out. We got to unthaw them. Well, no, if I'm unthawing them, I'm throwing them back in the deep freeze. Hmm. You're thawing them when you take them out. Ah, uh, yeah. By the way, my parents just celebrated yesterday. I forgot to mention. Happy anniversary to my mom and dad. 54 years of wedded bliss. Nice. I saw them celebrating in the parking lot. They live across the street from me. Did they, you? They were dancing in the parking lot. <laughs> my mom has only one leg. So that would be a feat if she was dancing. My mom was not dancing. But thanks for making your, fun of my your, mom's health issues. Your dad was holding her up. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I saw <laughs> That is hilarious. My mom would laugh at that, actually. I said when they cut my mom's leg off, I said we should have saved her leg and we should have put it on a mantle as a trophy for uh, for uh, we, no seriously dude we play Crocono at Christmas we all laugh about that <laughs> well you listen when you go through a tough thing like that in your life which it is it's it's uh, I don't care I'm turning this into a personal thing but my mom is one of she's Darian Durant tough like she's gone through so much with her diabetes and stuff and she's always done it with a smile on her face for the most part and we laughed about we laughed about that all the time like uh, after it happened like hey we should do this and so we we're just for joking about it so for you she would not be offended to say you you saw her dancing because <laughs> she'd even say that wasn't me <laughs> oh man anyway right when my last word came out of my mouth I was like oh ballsy's not gonna let me get off the mat with that one uh, alright let's get to some of your texts at 936-6262 it is uh, the text line powered by the Capital Auto Group the show's brought to you by the Canadian Brew House uh, we asked you what's your favorite Gray Cup. The riders only have four to choose from, sadly. Uh, we didn't get a name here, which I shouldn't read it. I want names. I want names, damn it. I love 2013, but 89, I don't think anything beats that. Yeah, those in my lifetime are the top two. I wasn't around for 66. I've seen highlights. Obviously, they say the first one's always the best one. First love, first kiss. Seven gets no love. I hate that. Well... It should get love because it was a well-coached team. Ken uh, Ken Austin comes in. Comes in your coaches one year, wins the Carrie Cup Joseph wins the MOP award. And uh, I think it gets a little bit of a damper because Ryan yeah. Dinwiddie, the third-string quarterback, served three up to James Johnson. And, uh, it's not our fault that he sucked. No, he's a better coach than he was a quarterback. There's no... Doubt about it. Uh, this one from Rob. Rob says, in my lifetime, 89, because we beat the hate, hated overconfident Eskimos. And of course, 2013. Rob from Regina. Yeah. The, I almost think, I, I almost believe the 20, or sorry, the uh, 1989 West final. I savored that more than the Grey Cup, actually. Really? I knew we'd win the Grey Cup, even though it ended up being a tight game. We Hamilton had beat us twice in the regular season, so it's tough to beat a team three times. But we beat the 16-2 and Edmonton no, yeah, no. Eskimos. Yeah. Suter Randy tell, Ambrosi. Su, su, yeah, Suter. Yeah, he gave up the big sack. Suter and I went for supper last week, and he said... Yeah, I he, lost my invite somewhere. Yeah, sorry. Anyways, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I bought you a booster juice. I appreciate that, man. Yeah. When's the last time you got me anything? That's a good point. Except for grief. Uh, Suter tells <laughs> me... making fun of your yeah, parents. Yeah, my parents. They're plight. So, um, so uh, Suter blitzed in the West Final. How many times do you think Suter blitzed in the West Division Final in 1989? Nine. 
try 22 times. 22. He and he hit Tracy Ham one time as Ham's going to the sidelines, and Ham got up and he said, Ham was so mad. He said, We're, we're winning this game. Don't even think about it. We're winning this game. And Suter goes, Well, there's only seven minutes to go, and you're down by 11. You guys better pick it up. That's what he said to him. But that was good. That's good. And uh, this from uh, Garrett. Garrett says, Hey, guys, 2013 was clearly the best. Great Cup. Also good to hear the best rider quarterback of all time back on the air. With Darian on the turf and Big Jim Hobson upstairs, the riders became the monsters in sales and merchandising that the kids know them to be today. Just my thoughts. Well, that was a great, it was a golden era. Was a golden era for sure. Uh, this is Aiden texting. 2013 was the best because it was the only one I was alive for. Probably, uh, one of the only sub 20 year olds. I'm probably one of the only sub-20 year olds that listens to 620 CKRM. Well, I don't know about that, Aiden. A lot of people are listening. A lot of people are coming back to the old 620 CKRM uh, airwaves for all their entertainment and information. We get fun on this show, don't we, Zinger? Oh, yeah. We, check, and, check the latest text you just, I oh, just here's sent. Oh, wonderful show, you guys. It's a good laugh irregardless. Let's go win a football game in BC. That's it's right. entirely possible from James. Yeah, James. My dad also used to say Arkansas. Arkansas. It's not Arkansas. It's Arkansas. You, know, oh, yeah, you see yeah. what they're doing down there oh, in Arkansas? Arkansas, yeah. Or how about Illinois? Illinois. Like, it's yeah. Illinois. Yeah, Illinois. Des Moines, Iowa. Yeah, it's Des Moines. <laughs> Des Moines. Des Moines. Des Moines, anyway. Yeah. Um, see, I'm not as dumb as the you other. The other one that's a tough word to say, a George Bush... George W. Bush, mm-hmm. not George H. Bush, George W. Bush. He used to screw this up all the time. It's not nuclear, it's nuclear. He used to say, we're, we go to nuclear war. No, it's not nuclear, it's nuclear. Nuclear. Nuclear, yeah. yeah. Nuclear. And when, when you get hurt and they bring the medical personnel here, it's an ambulance, not an ambulance. People say ambulance. Ambulance. Yeah. See, you're going through your head like, do I say that word? Yeah. Do I just... <laughs> Did I say it wrong or right? No, 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 you're good. You're okay, good. You, you've just, so fil- it's, it's just you've corrected it... Philadelphia, which I'm happy with. Especially. Especially. Good yeah. job. Okay, and thanks, hey, man. what is it? Is it uh, a schedule or a schedule? Schedule. You can do both. Um, well, what are you trying to trick me? What's the second, <laughs> what's the second month in the calendar? February. February. February, that's right. It's a rue. You're right. You're yeah. close. You were kind of splitting it there. You February. Were, you were kind of sitting on the fence. No, I used to say February. No, but, but, no, but, no. But it's the R after yeah. the B. February. February. You have to, you know, trail. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Anyway. See, I'm getting... You're getting I'm the getting hang there. of it. You're getting yeah. the hang of it. Hey, you know who's getting the hang of it, too? Brian Cox Jr. He uh, actually uh, was pretty consistent with his pass rush the other game against Calgary Stampeders. He forced the interception. Jake Mayer picked off by Nebraska Corn. Husker uh, Deontay Williams. Here's Brian Cox Jr. Uh, I feel like last week was a week where I really got to get my reps in and um, you know kind of like build a little little bit of a repertoire uh, coming into the game, just you know hitting different moves and stuff like that. So I feel like it's only going up from here. Just you know, I just got to keep putting the building blocks together and keep growing. How important is that as a defensive end to really get into a groove during your game? Uh, very important. Um, I feel like pass rushing is a, is a big dance throughout the game. It's all about setting them up throughout the game. So, you know, when you get to the fourth quarter, third quarter, you can kind of, you know, bank on certain moves that you've been using earlier on to kind of set them up and do different things. So uh, it's, it's real important, you know, building momentum. 
Don't know if Lanier will be playing again this week or not. We'll wait for the injury report. But what advice has he kind of been giving you from the sidelines as he's been dealing with this injury? Uh, just telling me what he sees out there, different things Olamina doing, different schemes I'm getting um, at that position, at the quick, to the boundary. So, you know, he just always giving me advice. Uh, every time I come to the sideline, he's pulling me to the side, let me know what he sees. What have you kind of seen from watching the tape of Burn Adams Jr.? He's going to be the most, I guess, uh, athletic uh, running quarterback you've faced so far this season. Yeah, he's definitely elusive. Uh, he has good pocket awareness, good pocket presence, uh, makes quick reads, so he gets the ball out of his hands pretty quick. So we just got to be all on our P's and Q's and, and get to him. Um, just going back to last week's game, it, it didn't show up on the stats sheet, but you kind of mentioned, did you felt that you had the good game just getting in pressure and getting through to the quarterback? Yeah, I mean, uh, sometimes it's not about sacks. Sometimes it's just affecting the quarterback. Uh, I hit him a few times. I, I definitely could do more, so I feel like as my role increases, I can, you know, put more out there on the field. In terms of handling that uh, one yard off the ball, how are you handling that adjustment? Uh, it's, it's, it's just what it is, you know. It's a different league up here, different rules, so it's just something you just got to get adjusted to and take it on the run. Is an extra, you talked about uh, facing Adams, is it extra, you have to think a little bit more as a pass rusher when you're facing a mobile quarterback? Uh, not really. I wouldn't say think more. You just have to be a little more cautious about your rush lanes because uh, you can't let a guy like that get out because it's number field when he's running. So you just got to be a little more cautious. I wouldn't say think more, just, you know, just have to be aware that he's he can run. You guys are going to Vancouver this week, and then you're going to Halifax next week. You ever experienced kind of a travel situation like that, going that far in a matter of a week span? I have not. Uh, it's my first time, you know, up here in the CFL, my first year. So I definitely um, getting adjusted to the travel schedule and the different games, different venues we got to go to. It's all a part of the game. Like, like, like you said, sacks are kind of just one part of a defensive end's job. A couple sacks without one, you guys got one again. Do you have as a, as a group kind of be like, come on, like we're, we're so close to just having one again? Yeah, I mean, it's, I feel like I've always believed that, you know, sacks come in bunches. So when you start getting them, it kind of just, you know, when it rains, it pours type of deal. So I just, you know, you just got to stay patient. Everybody just got to do their job. Just stay the course, keep uh, believing in what we're doing, the techniques we're doing, and they'll come. What are those other things that people who don't necessarily notice a defensive end do that's just as important as getting to a quarterback? Uh, taking two, keeping the linebackers free, keeping your guys over the top so they can scrape over the top and make plays. It's just a lot of the dirty work that we do that you know may not get recognized because it doesn't show up in the box score on the stat sheet, but it's one of those things that's important for a defense. Excellent. Thank you. Cody sends a text. Cody Glide, and he's heard, hearing us talk about words. He hates when people say 100. It's 100. Not 100. 100. Yes. Yeah, very yeah. Good. Enunciate. 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 You know when you can't talk? You know when you can't talk and you're stumbling with your words? You take a pen and you put it in your mouth like this, and then you talk clearer. Huh. It's true. Don't have time to do it when I'm doing a game, though. Anyway, we'll take a break. We're coming back. Pick the score and Coach Dickinson. It's the Sports Cage on a Thursday for the Canadian Brew House on 620 CKRM. Where Saskatchewan sports fans come to talk. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM.
Let's get after it, Rider Nation, on a Thursday, 936-6262 or 1-866-767-0620. Sastel, pick the score. You call in right now. You haven't won for 90 days. You tell us the score. We automatically give you tickets to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders Ottawa Red Blacks game August 6th. If you're closest to picking the score for the week, uh, you will... Uh, Get the $200 gift card from Sastel and be in the running to watch a Ryder game with three others plus yourself in a suite next year. 936-6262-1866-767-0620. The phones are jumping. We'll get to a call after we hear from Coach Craig Dickinson. Little little bit of a hiccup today in our two-minute offense, but he's gonna he's gonna learn from it and we're gonna we're gonna be all right. But um you know, we tried to put a lot of stress on him today with some noise and some situational stuff, and he did, he did all right. So we'll continue to work and try to get him better. But uh, I know his teammates got great confidence in him, and I know he's he's itching to go and, and confident he's going to play well. You talk about Mason's confidence. You, as a coach, ahead of his first start this season, have to kind of be like, don't put so much pressure on yourself this time around. Yeah, a little bit, but it's a team game. Our guys know that, and. Uh, the coaches always emphasize it's it's your one of twelve. Do your job and count on your teammates to do theirs. You've seen Mason for three years now. What do you see of him or see from him as a as a person, as sort of an emerging presence, given the leadership that's required from that? Yeah. Well, first of all, he's an extremely hard worker, Rob. So as, as long as you bring that to the table, you got credibility. So he comes in early, he stays late. He's diligent in his film study, and he's, he cares about being prepared. And, and that's the main thing that I see, see moving forward with him. I think you're going to see good football from him. I think you're going to see toughness from him. He's demonstrated that his whole career, and he just needs some game action. So I'm excited to see him out there. I mean, they all need that once upon a time. And Dave Dickinson had his first For game sure. once upon a time. Don't Everybody's don't. got their first. So uh, this isn't his first. He got a couple in last year, but it's his first meaningful game in a while. And, and um I think he's going to be nervous and excited, but I don't think it's going to be too big for him. I think he's going to do fine. With respect to the quarterback you're going to be playing on Saturday in Vernon, um, that offense has been a pretty well-oiled machine this year, but there was that one game where he did throw six picks. Take anything from that? Do you think that Toronto was used to rattle? No, we looked at some of the coverages they ran, but I just think it was one of those games where BC was playing from behind, and their his uh, Vernon's aggressiveness shines through, and I honestly think the six picks he threw in that game is a testament to his character more than if he'd only thrown three and shut it down. He was pushing the ball downfield, trying to make plays, trying to will his team to victory. And I think, um, you know, that was one of those games where you could tell he's a never-say-die guy and he's going to keep slinging it till, till the end. We were chatting with Blake Corte more, obviously exciting for him going back to his second home as he called it what can you say about him and yeah i'm excited to see him go back and play in front of some of the folks that he knows real well he's done a good job all year Britt, and um you know we're going to put a little more on his plate each week but yeah i'm excited i know he's got a few tickets he rounded up from the fellas and i'm sure he'll be out somewhere eating sushi tomorrow night <laughs> what have you seen on the tape from matthew betts he seems like he's taking his game to an entirely new level yeah. this year he's awesome i mean I've, I've always been a big fan of his. Even when he came out, you could just see there's a different level of, of effort and, and uh, energy from that guy. He plays so hard. He's so physical and so fast. He's on their kickoff team. I don't know if anybody knows that. He plays kickoff for them, in addition to leading the league in sacks. So the dude's a beast, and uh, he's, uh, he's got my utmost respect. Is this the toughest two-week stretch for you guys, not only because size accomplished, competition but the fact you're going to Vancouver one week and the next week you're going to Halifax could be yeah we'll just take them as they come um, 
I think I think the road games are sometimes sometimes a nice thing for us because it allows our guys to get off their feet maybe a little more than if they're home with their 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 buddies or their their spouses so to speak. So um, I don't know. Looking forward to the road trip. A lot of times you get a chance to bond a little bit with your guys, and I know we're going out a day early in Halifax, but this is a big one this week. So we have to focus on BC and and. Uh, We'll see what next week looks like when next week gets here. Yeah, the tough D-line and tough O-line. I mean, how important is uh, breaking the trenches there? The you win and lose the game in the trenches. So our O-line knows they got to have a good game, and our D-line knows we got to expose some of those guys on their O-line and hopefully get to the quarterback. What are some other uh, key objectives? Yeah, we got to win in man coverage. We think they're a pretty good secondary. I mean, I think. That Coach Phillips has done a good job. That defense is playing with a lot of confidence. So we're going to have to, when we get a shot to win, we're going to have to win, and uh, and Mason's going to have to put it on these guys. Um, other than that, we're just going to have to play a full 60 minutes. You know, they play with a lot of energy and a lot of effort. We're going to have to match that if we expect to win. That's Coach Craig Dickinson. Okay, let's get out to the Western Pizza hotline. By the way, go to Western Pizza, ask for the Rough Rider sweet deal, and you can have an opportunity to watch a game in a Rough Rider, sweet courtesy of our friends at Western Pizza. Derek is on the phone. Sastel pick the score. Derek, how are you today? It's Garrett, actually. Oh, Garrett. Garrett, yeah. good, man. Nice. I'm glad you called. Garrett, um, can you uh, tell me what your score prediction is? Oh, let's go 27-20 BC. Yeah, I mean... I, I, I mean, just be realistic, but... Yeah. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tan your hiney over that one. But I'll tell you what, we wouldn't be shocked if the Riders win. Like I think, I'd love to see Mason Fine pull this one out of the fire. Absolutely, he can play. You know, he's a football player. He's been around three years for a reason. Yep. All I do is all I. I hope they just let the kid play football. What was the score again? Twenty-seven. Don't give him the handoffs and little tosses for you know ten five yards. Let the kid throw the ball. That's, that's all I hope. Yeah, Garrett, you said twenty-seven twenty, right? 2720, correct, yeah. All right, so well, here's the deal. You got tickets to the Ottawa game here, August 6th. If you're closest or right on the money picking the score, you'll win a $200 gift card from Sastel. If we have two people pick the same score, we'll make a draw. And then uh, if your name's picked, $200 gift card to Sastel, and then you'll be in the running to go to a game in a luxurious suite next year, okay? Thanks for listening to the show, Garrett. Thanks, buddy. Let's hope I'm wrong, but... Uh, well, no, yeah, yeah, no, that's true. That's true. But, hey, you still win. You got tickets here. Everybody goes away a winner, uh, a winner. on this show. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, thanks, for, guys. thanks for your time, man. All right, we'll be back with the Rash Madani, his second hit of the week. It's Coast to Coast, courtesy of Smart Investing Solutions. Got plenty of other things to get to as well. Here on the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. 620 CKRM is proud to be the official radio partner of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and your home for the hottest sports talk anywhere. This is the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. Time now for Coast to Coast with Arash Madani, our weekly chat with a guy who has covered it all from Hockey Night in Canada, the Olympics, World Series Baseball, and everything in between. This is Coast to Coast with Arash Madani. All right. Yes, and it's brought to you by Smart Investing Solutions. Be smart with your money. Give our buddy Brian Golly call Big Sports Fan. Five four six two five three three. I almost gave his cell phone out live on the radio. That would have been good. Oh, you dirty oh, dog! Dirty dog! <laughs> Trying to ruin Brian's life. Let's head out on the Western Pizza Hotline and say hi to our friend from Sportsnet. That would be 
Harash Madani, Harash, even a broken clock is right twice a day. Even a blind dog mm-hmm. finds a bone, and even the Toronto Blue Jays will win one game against the vaunted San Diego Padres. Oh, that's how it goes. Yeah. Is it ballsy? Yeah. I see. Yeah, you know what? I'll tell you what. I, they're, they're a huge disappointment. Uh, they're, they're, they're six back in the wild card spot. Watch you, out, though. Watch you, out. Yeah, Here they come. Yeah, you told me that, but they can't. They haven't won any more than three games a year, uh, three games in a row this year. I'd love to say they're going to come back, but I don't. I don't see it. You know what? There, there was a moment in last night's game where it hit me that this is why the Padres are lethal. So well, the final score is two nothing, but there's two on one Soto at the plate, and Jose Barrios is pitching a heck of a game. Yeah, and Manny Machado, who might be the hottest hitter on the planet, is on deck. And what do they do? They intentionally walk Soto. Like, I get you want no piece of Soto. I understand that. But really, Manny Machado, and this is why the Padres are lethal. This is why they're going to be scary in August, especially in September, and Baldy in October, because their lineup can beat you in a bunch of different ways, and pitchers want nothing to do with Soto and Machado and Tatis. I hope you're right. The Padres' uh, starting pitching has been great. Uh, as evidenced even today, I know he struggled with walks, but Blake Snell has been pretty good. Um, and, and they've got a hater who is money. He's 23 out of 27 yeah. in saves. It was the, it was the middle relief trying to get to that point, but Suarez is going to be coming back here. He's off the DL. So they may have a shot in terms of the Blue Jays. I mean, remember, hold on, which is one, let's just yeah, put yeah. the pin on the Padres with this. Yeah. If you get in, once you get in, It's not about five starting pitchers. It's about three. Mm -hmm. And look at what the Padres just did this weekend in Toronto. San Diego goes Musgrove, who was lights out and has been lights out all year. They go Musgrove, Darvish, and then Snell. I don't want to face that in the playoffs. Those are three vets who've been through it, Ballsy. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about the Blue Jays before we get to the uh, Women's World Cup. So the Blue Jays uh, are right there. They're nice and comfortable in a playoff position, but they haven't won a postseason game since 2016. What do you think they do before the deadline, and and how do you see things shaping up for the Blue Jays? They need to get better, and they need to get significantly better. And Ross Atkins yesterday said they're going to get better, but based on how this general manager has gone about it, Balzi, I don't know if he knows how how to make the Blue Jays better. At the deadline. I really mean that. I mean, look at the look at his track record. Like last year, it was evident the team needed more pitching. And he went out and got Mitch White, Anthony Bass, and Zach Pop. And Mitch White is now the guy who comes in when the Blue Jays are up 7-2 to two or down 7-2. to two. Mm-hmm. Zach Pop, there's a, you know, he's on the back of a milk carton right now. And Anthony Bass has been shot off into the sun and nobody signed him. So the Blue Jays need to get better, but they need to actually deliver at the trade deadline, not pretend and not be out on the edges. And I'm not sure this general manager is capable of hitting the bullseye. We're going to find that out real soon. So it was about a year ago that Charlie Montoya was fired as the manager of the Jays, and today his replacement, John Schneider, has a bit of history on his side. Tell us about it. Well, Schneider now has 100 wins. And he is tied for the uh, tied with one other manager for the fastest to 100 wins in Blue Jays history, and that's Cito Gaston, who mm. oh yeah, has two World Series rings on his resume. And Schneider's come into like a bizarre scene 
a really good team that was underachieving last year around this time and turned it around, but then had the meltdown in the playoffs. And Ballsy throughout this season has just made really questionable, bizarre decisions and moves. So, yes, he's right there as among the quickest to 100. But, like, you talk about a team that's got World Series aspirations. I think it's fair to wonder if John Schneider's the guy who's going to get them into some kind of October run. Well, uh, it's a great weekend in Seattle because the Jays are going there and, um, you know, fans come down from uh, BC, Vancouver, uh, and, and watch uh, some of our Seattle Mariners fans and want to go against the Jays and others are Jays fans. <laughs> we talked about this, uh, yesterday or two days ago, Zinger and I. So the Mariners clean out part of their store and put Blue Jays memorabilia in there. <laughs> and the fans and some of the players aren't happy with that. Wow, the players especially. I mean, J.P. Crawford, one of their vets, one of their leaders, he's like, what the hell are we doing? You know, one of their pitchers, <laughs> Seawald, is like, what is this? Well, you know, and now the Mariners have reverse course balls. I don't know if you've seen that. I didn't see that. And they've now removed the Blue Jay gear. Like, this is an awesome weekend in Seattle. Like, it is a, it is a Blue Jay fan takeover. It is a Canadian takeover. There are twenty to twenty five thousand fans, as you mentioned, from BC, Alberta. Yeah. Even even Saskatchewan who go down. It's a really cool, neat you walk around in the afternoon, everyone's in blue. But the Mariners went from the organization that was pissed to have everybody around to now saying, Hey, let's monetize in our own team store. Imagine being one of those players, man. Yeah, I could see the players being mad, but I do get the business side. But can you imagine bomber fans? Buying their own gear in the rider store, <laughs> right? That wouldn't go right. That wouldn't go right. over too well. Okay, so the uh, women's World Cup begins tonight for Canada. They take on Nigeria. Now, hey, this team has had some success. The Canadian women's team won a gold medal two summers ago, but they haven't been looking so good as of late. What What should we make of what we're going to see at this tourney? Well, it's it's not the team we've been used to seeing. And what I mean by that is you have a new goalkeeper who's making her national team debut at a, at a major international event like this. Janine Becky, who was outstanding in Tokyo and one of the real leaders and goal scorers on this team, she's out with a torn ACL. Desiree Scott, who really has been the anchor in the middle of the pitch, she's out with injury. And so it's it's been a kind of like transition from the old guard to the younger guard for a while now and they just haven't had results coming into this thing so it it almost feels like they're teetering and can the national team hold on for one more run this summer Um, I can see them maybe getting through the group stage ballsy at best but it's it's this is not Tokyo 2021. This yeah. is going to be a disappointing, my hot take, this is going to be a disappointing World Cup for Team Canada. Christine Sinclair, 40-year-old, playing in yet another World Cup. I don't know if it's yeah. going to be her last, but man, at 40 years old, playing soccer, tip of the cap to her. 100%. And I think she'll do one more Olympics next year in Paris and then call it a day. Look, Sinclair in the, in the 35,000-foot view, to me, she's on the Mount Rushmore of all-time Canadian athletes. Mm-hmm. In the micro coming into this competition, I'm reminded that two years ago, 
she had to be subbed off in the gold medal game in like the 68th or 70th minute or something like that because she just couldn't go anymore. So Sinclair today is a complimentary part, but she's a glue of the locker room. But as she kind of fades into the sunset, may it be this year, may it be next, let's remember the greatness. Like she exploded onto the scene at London 2012. That was 11 years ago. And she's still a big part of what they do. All right, Arash, I'm going to throw one in here CFL-wise. I am really intrigued by this weekend for this for this reason. Taylor Powell, yes. Mason Fine, Dustin Crum. I am interested to see. Now, it's not going to happen overnight. These guys will take their lumps. But, hey, let's see a, a breath of fresh air. No more recycling. Let's see what we got here at the quarterback position. Look, I know you guys have talked about Mason Fine all week, so I'll talk about the other two for a second. I was in Edmonton last week. I saw Taylor Powell wearing number zero. Yes. I don't know if I've ever seen a quarterback wear number zero. Come come off the bench. Yeah. Throw a dart into the end zone and really, like, you would not think that's a rookie. The same with Dustin Crum. A swagger about him, a confidence about him, et cetera. Great. Now do it again. Mm-hmm. And I'm with you. That's why this week is so intriguing. Like, I'm, I'm really, really fascinated about this Dustin Crum thing. Can he manufacture something slash anything? Because if he can even give Ottawa a sliver of hope, balls, you saw what the scene was in Lansdowne last week when they won in overtime. Like, that's a fan base that's just craving any kind of win and any kind of success. And if Crum can give them a little bit of a shot in the arm, that's going to do wonders. Dude, if he beats Calgary in Calgary, uh, coming off a win over Winnipeg, he'll have beaten back-to-back perennial Western juggernauts. And uh, then we got something cooking for sure. Hey, thanks for your time, man. I appreciate it. Enjoy the weekend of sports. All right, you too, pal. Uh, Rash Madani joining us for Smart Investing Solutions, our coast-to-coast segment. When we come back, we'll hear from Amari Henderson. He's going to be one of those tasked with stopping the best receiving core in the CFL. You're listening to the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brew House on 620 CKRM. Time now for the Cage Clutch Performer on 620 CKRM. Jay salvaged one game and avoided the three-game sweep at the hands of the Padres in Toronto. And with that win, a 4 nothing triumph over the Friars. They make John Schneider a winner, the Jays' manager. He is tied with Cito Gaston, fastest Jays' manager to 100 wins. Will that translate to some success in the playoffs where they haven't won since 2016? We uh, shall see. That is your... Clutch Performer, and it's brought to you by Nick Service in Emerald Park. Your local Massey Ferguson Challenger, Rogator, Gleaner, and Fent dealer. Give them a call, 781-1077. It's time to step into the radio octagon. You're tuned to the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. Coming up in about 12 minutes, our PlayNow.com picks is Ben Whiting, former Husky and former CFLer for three years. Works for PlayNow.com, the only legal gaming site option in the province um, online. And he will join us with some picks here. Got some prop bets for us, okay? Tonight it's the uh, Elks in Winnipeg. They're 14 and a half point dogs. It's almost worth putting some money on there. I'm not even joking. Anyway... Um, the Riders are ten and a half point dogs. 
I, I think last I saw, going into BC to take on the best team in the West, second best team in the CFL right now, the British Columbia Lions. They've opened up, opened up the upper deck. They're going to have a watermelon crush and all the festivities that go around that, so it's going to be a real festive time. Make no mistake about it. Make no mistake about it. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders and their fans are the most important thing in this league. If the Riders are competitive and there's a little intrigue and juice behind the team, you see it in BC where they open up the second deck, okay? Because tractor factor. It's why Saskatchewan's crossing the country to go to Halifax for the second straight year for touchdown Atlantic. So if they can just get more consistent on the field, overcome these injuries, look out. And of course, the ratings are huge when the Rough Riders are playing. So uh, Amari Henderson, playing with a rib injury, had a tough game last game, trying to fight through that injury. He is going to be tasked, along with his defensive back teammates, in stopping a very powerful BC line receiving core that features the likes of Lucky Whitehead, Dominic Rimes, Javon Katoy, and the list goes on and on and on. Here's Amari Henderson. Mario, before we get to talking, I guess, defense, maybe we'll go back to a little bit of special teams last week. You're on the field for both those punt returns that Mario ran back last week. What's it like, you know, being on the field when you're a part about a, part of a punt return like that? Man, just shout out to number two, Mario Alpha, man. Best returner in the league, best returner in, in my opinion, history. So when you got a guy like that, man, you just try to make sure you do your job as, as the best as you can so that way he can light up the field like he does every time he touched the ball. Is the mentality the same as a punt, in the punt return, the same as, you know, running back an interception? Yeah, I mean, every time you get the ball, you do want to punch it in in the end zone. doesn't matter whether it's a defensive play or a special teams play. Anybody who got the ball in hand, we always trying to score and get into the end zone. I just want to talk about, I guess, how you, the, the secondary has been dealing with the changes. Obviously a big loss uh, with Roland Milligan uh, these last couple of weeks. Yeah, that's a big loss for us. Um, a guy like that is hard to, you know, replace. But your next man up, everybody is capable of doing, you know, the jobs that the coaches want us to do. So everybody has to come in and just work hard, and we'll we'll be good. We got a, a really great group. We always got each other's back, so we'll, we'll be fine. It's the biggest thing, I guess, with Milligan, kind of that veteran experience, kind of like the off the field stuff that we may maybe not see on the field. Yeah, he, he definitely helps us out, even though he's not on the field. He still helps us out. It's always he's like another coach pretty much um just go, he goes out there sees you know things we might not see being on the field with him being off the field so it, it's a great advantage to have him on, on the sideline helping us out and was kind of an issue you think last week with kind of new guys in in terms of chemistry in terms of communication was that kind of a big thing for you guys last week uh yeah i mean a little bit whenever you got new guys in playing new positions uh that they never really played before it, it can be a little tough but um you know that's what practice is for what film study is for so i mean we just come in there every single day try to be the best version of ourselves okay this week you guys are facing the bc lions a very mobile quarterback in vernon adams is that kind of does a mobile quarterback come on the radar in terms of the secondary what's it what's the secondary perspective when you face like a mobile quarterback like adams secondary perspective is you just got to cover you know uh with a guy like that he'll be able to extend plays so as DBs, we, we got to make sure we stay on our guys so that way he doesn't have any uh, any receivers downfield to throw to. So that way we can just stay on our guys and just play ball until the whistle is over. And uh, I guess the, the receivers you're lined up against this week against BC, would you consider them like among the league's elite? Yeah, they're, they're, they're a very good team. Um, I, I'll put them top two. Either, you know, they're up there with Winnipeg, so 
top two. They they have a very good core, receiver core. Now the this you're, you guys are gonna do a lot of traveling over these next I guess week and a bit. So you're going to Vancouver and then you're flying over the other side of the coast uh, next week for a touchdown to Atlantic. You ever experienced that much traveling? You know, I guess just over a week span. No, I never experienced it, but um, it, it's a blessing just to be able to you know play in these nice nice sceneries. Vancouver last year I wasn't able to go to Nova Scotia. I had uh, got COVID that year that that game, so I wasn't able to go. So I'm, I'm pretty excited to you know travel. And whenever we travel, that gives us time to really spend time with each other as, as a unit. So I know DBs, we get up together, we go eat, watch film. Uh, whether there might be a game on that day, we might watch the game. So that gives us time to really just hone in and be able to build that camaraderie with each other as a unit. The fact you only play like you know one game a week in football does that does the airplane miles does that kind of add up at all or do you guys get enough time to you know kind of recover from the jet lag? No, coach coach does a great job of letting us uh, get up get, get us off our feet um, to let us you know just get our rest because like you said it is a lot with, with traveling and things like that so coach does a great job with his schedule and his routine for letting us you know get up get up off our feet. All right, so the Ryder uh, injury report is out, and it's not spectacular. Matt Dean, linebacker out of York, he's out. He was out last week. Anthony Lanier II, still out with a foot injury. He won't play. Brandon Council, offensive line, had their issues last week a bit. He is questionable with a finger, but he has been practicing, so I think we'll be okay there. Charbel DeBeer is going to play, looks like. His status unchanged. Kosi Onyeka, DB, status unchanged. Roland Milligan Jr. still out with that walking boot and foot back injury. Rodney Clemens out. Peter Godber will not play against his former BC Lion teammates. He's out with a hand injury. Brett Lother, status unchanged. He'll play. Just has that wonky leg, but he's going to play. Pete Robertson, who had a sack and six solo tackles, our defensive star of the game for us as we picked him here on the broadcast. He has an ankle injury, but uh, looks like he's going to play. Jackson Ford, the rookie out of the University of Regina Rams, is out with an ankle. Braden Lenny has practiced this week, but he can't play. He's due to come off the sixth game and play next week with that lower back. Trevor Harris, of course, out for the year although they haven't officially ruled him out. Micah Johnson, defensive lineman, didn't practice non-football related, but he's going to play. So all in all, it basically stays the same against the best team in the West, the BC Lions. We'll be back with more on the Sports Cage in a moment on 620 CKRM. Splash into savings with deals on summer fun at the Hook, Line, and Sunshine Sale, on now at Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's. From backyard parties to lakeside vacations, discover fun on the water with up to 50% off Intex pools, islands, and novelty inflatables. And find your footing with 40% off select sandals, flip-flops, aqua socks, and water shoes for the whole family. Sunny days are here to stay at the Hook, Line, and Sunshine Sale. On now at Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's. Sports ticker for Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed. They will treat you right. Just give them a call at 781-2090. Week 7 in the Canadian Football League kicks off tonight. The winless Edmonton Elks at IG Field in Winnipeg to take on the 4-2 Winnipeg Blue Bombers. It's going to be a slobber knocker, as the old Jim Ross used to say on WWE Monday Night Raw. It's a 6.30 p.m. opening kickoff, Saskatchewan time. Sports Cage is your voice for football, not only in the province, but around Canada. This is the Sports Cage CFL Report, a look at what's happening in our three-down game. 
Good right fake spear. Play pass, 16 counter Z deep angle. Full back west right, zoom. Full back left, pass half back at zero. Z quick screen left, on one. Right. Week seven kicks off tonight, and the Edmonton Elks are getting absolutely no respect. They are 14 and a half point underdogs headed into Winnipeg. The Bombers are coming off a stunning overtime loss in Ottawa. Of course, Edmonton still winless. The Riders are 2-0 on the road in this young season as they will play the Lions in BC on Saturday. Lions sack machine Matthew Betts knows that Riders quarterback Mason Fine will be out to prove that he belongs behind center. The Riders, they, they always have a good team and uh, I mean to me, I don't, I don't know Mason Fine that much. We haven't seen him that much, but I know we played against him a little bit last year in the preseason this year, and he's a, he's a legit quarterback. So I mean, we won't treat him any differently as if it was Trevor or whoever else. The CFL reports brought to you by Kevin's Marine. Make the most of summer with a boat or pontoon from Kevin's Marine. See them in Fort Capel or online at kevinsmarine.com. Our house is your house. Welcome inside the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. Asking you what your favorite great cup for the Riders was. 66, if you're that old, to remember. And we won't make fun of you. I was born six years after they won that one. Um, 89-2007-2013. This comes from Andrew and Kitchener. Big Rider fan over there in Ontario. 1989 because both my parents were around to see it. Yeah, a lot of memories when it comes to sports has to do with siblings or friends or parents. So that's a good one, Andrew. Um, All right, this is where we uh, go into a little bit of betting. All right, playnow.com is the only legal registered online gaming site for you to enjoy in the province all right ben whiting played for the u of s huskies he's now an assistant coach with the huskies football team and he was a three-year cfl football player and he joins us on the western pizza hotline now you were also in alberta for the canada cup you were with the futures though the guys who didn't make make team saskatchewan but you you brought another team unfortunately it ended like everybody else with the smoke but uh, just talk about your experience there yeah, it was super awesome. Thanks for having me on, by the way, Ballsy. Uh, excited for another week of playing out picks here. Um, yeah, as far as last week, I took a little bit of a vacation so I could help out some <laughs> minor coaching. Like you said, it was uh, in Edmonton. Um uh, taking the future squad up there, so pretty much all the prospects for next year's Team Saskatchewan U18. Uh, and it was, it was a pretty good experience. Obviously, there was a little bit of adversity uh, with the smoke and what have you, but we actually lucked out. We were we were able to get uh, both of our games in for the weekend. Uh, that Saturday night, there was a pretty big storm that rolled in with a ton of wind, and that uh, cleared the air quality up for us. So we were able to get everything we wanted out of it, and, and I think the kids had a good time, too. Awesome, man. Good on you for using some holiday time and doing that. Uh, that's uh, commendable. Uh, okay, so tonight, the Edmonton Elks take on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And last I saw, Win- the week it started 15.5 points. It's dropped to 14.5 points, and then I haven't checked for the last couple of hours. Where are we sitting right now in the spring? That's a pretty hefty spread. Yeah, it's a pretty hefty spread, and you're right. It has changed in the past couple of hours, actually. It's back to a 15-point spread in favor of the Blue Bombers. And, and actually, what's even more impressive right now is the money line. It's it's, it's not even close. The Bombers are listed at a 1.08, and Edmonton's at a 7.75. So uh, they're thinking Winnipeg's going to have a bounce-back game. 
I mean, truth be told, did they actually play to deserve to lose last week? I don't think so. And Edmonton just hasn't been able to show a pulse as of late. So uh, I, I'm taking Winnipeg in this all day until Edmonton can prove me otherwise. So you'd put money on the spread. They're going to win by more than 15 points is what you're telling me. You know, that's a good question, Baldy, because I, I think when Edmonton came into town against the Riders, I was squawking about how it wasn't going to be close at all. And then <laughs> all of a sudden it took an American returner not understanding the rules to get us a W. So uh, I, I, it's tough. I, I'd like to say that uh, Winnipeg's going to cover the spread, but you just you just never know. So that's where I would put my money right now. But like they said, called gambling not winning so yeah yeah that's right a lot of gambling lately yeah and that's right and 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 you don't do it to get rich and you don't do it to cover your life choices just we're we're talking fun here with ben wedding at playnow.com playnow picks okay so i was talking to this uh, with a rash about this the underlying theme for me this week when i'm watching this and it makes for interesting betting are the young guys taylor powell for the hamilton tiger cats against the toronto argonauts you've got mason fine going into quarterback for the rough riders against the b Sea Lions, and then you got that Dustin Crumb guy who I don't think it was as fluky as we might think. Like he, I watched that fourth quarter, that last drive to tie the game. Not only did he use his feet, and then again in overtime, but he was uh, throwing some crispy balls out there right on the money, man. So I'm interested to see what these young guys can do. Yeah, totally. And when you put a new quarterback into an offensive system, it, it really throws a wrench in all of the preparation that you have done. Uh, and everything that you have shown on film to the other defenses up until that point, especially when that quarterback's mobile like Crumb. It's funny you bring him up. He's a guy that stood, jumped off the page for me as far as watching the film, uh, and I have a note down that I, I think he's he's a pretty legit quarterback, and a lot of that is to do with his ability to move the ball uh, on the ground with his legs. He's a little bit of a weapon, and that can cause problems for defenses who don't have a whole lot of film on the guy. Um, and then it just adds another variable to your offense. You can do everything perfect, completely right on a defense, but as soon as that quarterback starts running around, it just adds another variable, and it's one more thing that you need to account for instead of you know adjusting to something mm. else. It's another guy that has to spy instead of having somebody in a deep quarter, so on and so forth. So he's pretty dynamic back there, and he's not afraid to use his legs. And, and let's be honest, he's playing for his future right now yeah. as a guy that was kind of on the back end. So he's got nothing to lose, and you can tell he's putting it all on the line. Well, and I think Mason Fine falls into the same category. He's been here three years. If not now, when? He's got to open it up. And, and Darian Durant was on the show to start saying, hey, man, take your chances. Don't hold back. 100%. They don't come very often. <laughs> as I've learned a couple times with my practicing in the CFL, um, yeah, you got to take full advantage when they come, and, and when the opportunity knocks, you got to be ready to answer the bell. All right, Ben. Uh, here, here's something I want to go back to the Elks uh, Winnipeg game for a second before we get to our kind of funny prop bets here with the Ben Whiting Plainout dot com. Um, I don't think you've been on as bad a team as the Edmonton Elks are. I can't remember the the you know the the records of the teams you're on in the CFL, Hamilton and Calgary and such, Montreal. But um, you. Um, it, Athletes, I don't buy this. Oh, we don't pay attention to what the media says. I don't look at social media. You know they do, and you know they look at gambling lines. Whether they play or not, they're looking at it, and you can't tell me the Edmonton Elks don't feel disrespected, and that could play into this here at a 15-point underdog. That's ridiculous. It's a really 
Yeah, no, I, I totally hear what you're saying. Not there is stuff that leaks into the locker room, whether the players take it to heart or not. Is that's really between them and the culture that they've built in their organization. Um, but you're absolutely right. Although Winnipeg is favored in this game, and I truly believe that they are the better team entering this game, by no means do I think Edmonton's a slouch. Uh, there's still professional football players at the end of the day that are, you know, this is how they're making a living, collecting their checks. So it's not like they're just going to lay down and die. Uh, they're going to put up a fight, as they did against the Rough Riders, and they're, they're well coached, all those other things. They just haven't been able to put it together for a multitude of reasons. But uh, mm-hmm. You have to think it's, you know, if not now, when they they got to start putting stuff together before it's too late and yeah. the wheels completely fall off this bus. It's almost falling off the bus. I think two of the wheels are off and the other two are teetering. Okay, so let's get to some in-game picks here. We're focusing on the Riders game Saturday, 5 o'clock kickoff here across the Rough Riders radio network, uh, the flagship station, 620 CKRM. Jamal Morrow is a weapon, and we saw it, uh, you know, uh, he didn't have uh, earth-shattering running totals, but he, he caught one out of the backfield and had a touchdown in that game that helped the Riders come back miraculously where they came up short uh, in, in one for the ages there at Mosaic Stadium. Uh, but Jamal Morrow, if the Riders are going to be great in this game and have a chance to win, they got to establish the run. So that means Jamal Morrow is going to get the football. What's the over-under on the rushing yards, and what do you have them at? Sure. So, yeah, like you said, uh, new quarterback, Mason Fine, coming in. Uh, Good teams have to play connected football, and that means they have to lean on each other and 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 be a strength where there should be perceived a weakness. So, uh, with the new quarterback, they need to be able to establish the run. And Jamal Morrow has been kind of the workhorse for them this year. Uh, his over under for rushing yards is set at sixty one point five at one point eight three odds, and I'm taking the over on that. And that's not because necessarily I believe that that will happen i'm saying if the rough riders are going to win jamal morrow must achieve that amount of yardage in order for them to be successful uh if you're going to put too much stress on a new quarterback it's just not possible so in order for the rough riders to be successful they they have to be hitting that over on uh rushing yards and not to mention he's also a weapon out of the pass Mm. so that doesn't necessarily help this in particular gambling line but you can tell that they're going to try to get the the ball in the hands of their playmakers, uh, and that's Jamal Morrow, whether it's handing it off or throwing to it out of the backfield. He's pretty dynamic, and I can expect a lot of yards out of him. Yeah, and, and I think uh, but what, what they need to do is something they didn't do uh, for one reason or the other, and I didn't watch the uh, breakdown the game pay, uh, tape of the coaches, and I'm not a coach, but they, they didn't run the ball, I think. They didn't commit to running the ball last week, and that really hurt the offensive line why Calgary was able to tee off with seven quarterback sacks. When you got that Canadian sack mass, uh, master, Matthew Betts, come and teeing off, you got to be able to keep him in check, and so you do that running the football. I was shocked in the last game, Ben, maybe it was schematics or whatever, the Rough Riders didn't get the ball to Sean Bain Jr. I think it was deep into the game before he had his first catch, and then they strung a couple in a row to him, if I remember correctly. Uh, what's his uh, over-under on receiving yards, and how do you have Sean Bain Jr. factoring in this one? So once again, I'm going to be taking the over, and uh, the line is set at 56.5 receiving yards for this game. And like you said, had wasn't an overly popular target right now, but truly in my in my belief, I think he's one of the best receivers they have, if not the best. He's definitely up there in the top three, um, which helps. And he's a go-to guy. 
with that receiving yard line set at 56.5, and I see a guy like Sean Bain who cut his teeth in the CFL being a punt returner, kickoff returner, big play weapon, he can make that in one to two plays. So, And he's averaging way more than two targets a game. I think that this has the, the capability to hit, especially with the new quarterback who's going to be leaning on uh, his go-to guys. If there's a new quarterback in, he's going to quickly build chemistry with those guys at practice, and he's going to lean on the guys that he trusts most when he's in a game. So if it's not Bain, it's going to be someone else. But this game, we're going to find out who Mason Fine is leaning on the most. And when it's a second and 10 or a second and long, uh, he's going to be leaning on those guys and hopefully racking up those receiving yards. So I'm going Sean Bain over uh, 56.5 receiving yards. And you raised uh, really, or you brought up a really good word, which I like, and I'll probably steal it for the broadcast. If the Rough Riders are going to win, they got to play connected football. Anytime touchdown, Mario Alford. I like that one as I look at playnow.com. Mario Alford had two punt return touchdowns against Calgary. And you could say, oh, that's a, whatever. That's a once in a lifetime. That's never going to happen. Well, the game before on a penalty that nobody could seem to find, he had a 108-yard missed field goal return for a touchdown. You know the Rough Riders are going to need some big plays from Mario Alford. Yes, absolutely. And if you recall that week, Paul, I actually, (laughs) one of my picks uh, for the Edmonton versus Rough Riders was defense or special teams. So I was pretty choked when that uh, <laughs> uh, field goal return got blocked or uh, called back. But yeah, in, there's there's a couple of good lines there for this game in particular. Uh, first and foremost, being Mario Alford anytime touchdown scorer at five point zero odds. That that's pretty insane to me, especially after he scored two touchdowns last game on specials and also had one called back the game before. He he's cooking with gas right now, and I tell you what, as a returner. Uh, Mario is worth every penny that they're paying him right now. That is an absolute dynamic weapon to have on your team. And there's another line that's also interesting, and that's the defense or special teams touchdown, anytime touchdown at 5.5 odds. Um, So either or to me seems to be a good bet, again, because the the football team, the Rough Riders, need to be playing connected football. The defense needs to be firing on all cylinders. Special teams need to be scoring and shifting momentum, and and the running game needs to be working, as we already talked about. So to take the pressure off of uh, new quarterbacks, special teams scores, momentum shifts, defense scores, pinning them in in deep, there needs to be big plays in all three phases Mm. of the game. Ben, before I let you go here, PFF, Pro Football Focus, watches film like you and grades the players. I can't believe Kobe Williams of the Stamps was picked the special teams player of the week, and Mario Elford did something that only 10 other players in the history of the league have done, run two punt returns back for a touchdown in the same game. Like, that is crazy. He got absolutely jobbed this week. Yeah, I'd like to look a little bit deeper into the PFF and what what they've been doing. I've heard a couple different, uh, well, let's say opinions about pro football focus and the way that they yeah. organize their grading. So uh, we can talk about that at a later time, yeah. I guess. But I'd, yeah, anytime you have a returner like Mario Alford and, and there's rules on special teams in the CFL that allow the ball to get into his hands, I mean, what an absolute weapon. And that's not to take away from the Calgary returner. I know he had one called back, too. But two punt return touchdowns in one game, that's almost unheard of. Um, and, and it's just, you know what, 
uh, Rough Riders fans across the world, just sit back, relax, and enjoy the show because he is an absolute weapon back there. All right, you can enjoy your time on playnow.com. How do they sign up uh, there, Ben, if you can give us a shout-out there? Yeah, for sure. So if you want to get in on the action, head over to playnow.com. Just type it in in your favorite uh, preferred mobile device. There'll be a red indicator in the top right-hand corner that says join. Uh, there's four steps to entry. It's just all your personal information and verifying that you're a resident of Saskatchewan and you're over the age of 19. Once you're in, your personal information is secure as well as your financial in- information. We're the only legal online gambling uh platform in the province of Saskatchewan so you're certified that your information is going to be safe with us Uh, and from there you have access to over 500 different slot games we have a live casino as well we have uh, tons of different table games we just actually launched our VIP table games uh, on our live casino Uh, and then we also got the sports book that's available on the playnow.com that we were just talking about all day. There's not just CFL, there's tons of different sports that you can bet on. Uh, really anything that you can see on TV, anything that you see uh, that you're interested in, you, there should be a betting line for you. Um, but at the same time, we want to make sure that you're, you're gambling responsibly. That's why we have uh, robust safeguards in place, like weekly deposit limits, daily time limits to make sure that gambling is fun and not harmful for you. Uh, and like we always say, you must be 19 or older and use your game sense when you play. Thanks for your time, Ben Whiting. I appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me on. See you next week, Mike. Yeah, Yeah, enjoy the action. We'll be back with the... With our man uh, Brian Raymond, we talked some golf at Flowing Springs, and the uh, Open Championship is on, too. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Sports Cage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Omaha! Omaha! Kill, kill, kill! 58's a mic! 58's a mic! I'm getting pumped for the game, man. You used to make those calls and you're the quarterback? Oh, yeah. 58's a mic! He's a middle linebacker. That's how you... Uh, recognize the defensive setup. 58 to Mike. For the offensive line. Yeah. 58 to Mike. Anyway, you know who's not a Mike, but it's a Brian. Brian Raymond. Let's head out in the Western Pizza Hotline and we'll talk some golf. Hey, uh, the least appealing of the majors to me is the Open Championship. How about you, Brian? Um, I don't know. That's a, that's a good one. Yeah, you like it. You like that one. Eh? I'm not. A, I'm not a huge. I'm not a huge fan. Like I like the the Masters is is, is the big one for me. I yeah. gotta wa- I gotta watch the Masters right now. Christo Lampert from uh, Spain, I believe. No, South Africa. He is tied along with uh, Thomas Fleetwood, and I gotta get this name right. Emiliano Grillo from Argentino, the, uh, Argentina. Pardon me. They are all uh, tied minus five through round one there at the uh, Open Championship. Yeah, that, and the and the guy that you mentioned first is an amateur for that at Matt, wow. that even. That's but cool. The, the, this is the, actually I know what you're saying about the Masters, and it's a wonderful tournament because it's the way we start our golf season yeah. pretty much in this part of the world. Yeah. But this is the big tournament around the world. This it, is this, this is, is the number big one? one. Okay. Why is that? Is it because it's a it's, it's your Based? It's the oldest. It's only been around for about 200 years. Oh, okay. <laughs> Did you watch the first one, Brian? Uh, you no, know, I wasn't around for that one. <laughs> you got there the fifth one. Okay. I'm old, but not that old. <laughs> okay, Brian, let's talk about a great golf course out of Flowing Springs. What kind of deals you got out there? 
Well, right now the golf course is in fabulous shape, and this is a great day to play golf. Hardly any wind. It's nice and warm, and it looks like the uh, the oncoming weather is going to be fantastic. Even if it's hot, it's still a, a you know great weather. There's not much wind coming, and every day after three o'clock, it's only thirty five dollars to come out and play the golf course, and after six, it's only nineteen dollars to come out and play the golf course. We have rates for seniors. It's only forty five dollars during the week, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Or sorry, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. That doesn't apply. We've got junior rates of twenty. And if you only want to come out and play nine holes, and I know that's important for a lot of folks because 18 is maybe just a little bit too much for them, we got a great rate at $41 to come out and play nine holes. Okay, i got to ask you this. How late's that driving range open? Maybe I got tied up at work. I thought about playing, but I still got the itch to play, at least swing some clubs. If I want to just get out in the driving range, how late does that stay open? What do you we're, got on the driving range, Eric? Well, at this time of year, we're selling range balls till about 8 or 8.30, so that's not a problem. Okay, awesome, man. How do they get a hold of you for all the details? Give us a call at... At 543-5050. That's 306-543-5050. And you can book online at flowingspringsgolf.com. Thanks, Brian. Take care. Enjoy the weekend, man. You as well. Take care. All right, that's Brian Raymond, Flowing Springs. Hey, for the Rider Games on, and you listen to the Rough Rider game here on uh, 620 CKRM, mute your TV, line up your uh, your PVR with, uh, with, uh, with the audio here, and you watch the game. Before you do that, go play some golf, and then uh, take Part in the BC Lions Saskatchewan Rough Riders extravaganza on Saturday afternoon with a five o'clock kickoff. Plenty of time to get home. And when you're driving home from Flowing Springs, listen to our pregame show. We'll be back with the color commentator of the BC Lions Radio Network, Julio Caravata. It's the sports cage for our good friends at the Canadian Brew House on 620 CKRM. Sports talk lives here. Welcome to another hour of the sports cage with your host, Michael Ball. And away we go. The uh, show is brought to you by our good friends at um, the Canadian Brew House. I just got to find their... They, they switched their liner on me. And, you know, when they pay money for the liners, you got to give them their just due. You know what I'm saying? You know, I'm, you picking up what I'm putting down there? Okay, so uh, just hold on a second now. It's a Thursday show, and it's brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. And their new summer feature menu, including jalapeno popper dip, hangover helper. I have no idea what that is, but it sounds great. New candlestick fries and some other features, flavors, and cocktails at the Canadian Brew House. All right, uh, joining us now is our friend Julio Caravata on the Western Pizza Hotline. Nobody's going to cry. For the Rough Rider Zinger, but uh, some other some big injuries. Anthony Lanier, the second highest paid defensive back, or sorry, defensive player American wise in the CFL, out with a foot injury, second straight game. Brandon Council questionable with a finger, uh, out. Roland Milligan out. Peter Godber out. Jackson Ford. Braden Lenius comes back next week, and of course, the big one, Trevor Harris. Joining us is a former CFL quarterback and the color commentator for the Lions, as I mentioned, Julio Caravada. On the Western Pizza Hotline, what were you thinking when you saw Trevor Harris go down? <laughs> well, you know what? Honestly, I felt terrible. Um, you know, because uh, we need Trevor. Uh, you know, we we need Trevor in the in the game, and um, you know, especially in a market like like Saskatchewan, right? Uh, you know, I'm a CFL fan, right? I, I don't, you know, I don't want to see anyone get hurt. To, because uh, you know that it's going to be an advantage to the team that I cover, or um, I mean, I, I want to see the CFL, uh, you know, at its best, and and we need people like Trevor Harris in the game. So all I can hope for is uh, you know that he has a speedy recovery and that he's able to come back better and stronger 
um, when he's able to. Um, I don't know what the, you know, what the timeline is on his injury, but um, we need guys like him in the league. I've talked to medical professionals. As they say it's a pipe dream if he's back at the end of the year, even though the Riders haven't ruled him out. Probably closer to a year. And I actually talked to Trevor personally, and he said he's just he's a man of faith. He's going to pray to God and decide what his future looks like. But I can't see Trevor Harris not coming back. Athletes don't want to go out like that. You don't want to be yeah. carted off of your last game. And he, I don't think age is going to be a problem for him because he keeps himself in meticulous shape. Okay, so... I got to bring this up. How much of that was a statement by Maximic and Rick Campbell in that game in Toronto a couple weeks ago when the guy serves up six interceptions yeah. and you don't put Dane Evans in the game? You basically told VA this is going to be your team to lose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, actually, you know, I mean, that's something I asked him, and I asked Jordan the same same question um, because you know, obviously, when a guy throws six interceptions, you're you're you know, you're wondering at what point do you you know do you stop the stop the insanity and, and yeah. realize that, you know, it's not his day, right? It's just mm-hmm. not happening for him. But I, the, the, the resounding answer was simple. Like at the point, I think where he threw his fifth interception, they were still only down. Like it was 35 to 24. Yeah. 11 points. Yeah. Themselves, yeah. So they thought, Hey, so it was that last drive that, you know, I mean that one that he, they were driving and, and I think it was the fifth interception um, where, you know, I, I thought at that point, you mean, you might as well put him in. Um, they didn't, um, but I think that the reason being was that they thought they still had a chance to win. So they they wanted to they wanted to show their faith, and they did. Um, you know, and I think Vernon knows now, right? This this is his team, right? It's uh, um, he doesn't have to look over his shoulder uh, he, when you throw six interceptions. You're looking over the over your shoulder usually, you know, after your third. But the other crazy thing, Ballsy, is this: you look at his stat line. I don't think I've ever seen a stat line like that. Like he was like twenty four of of what thirty five for three hundred and eighty eight <laughs> yeah. yards and three touchdowns, and he had six interceptions. Like usually, you throw six interceptions, you're like at one hundred and fifty yards because you're not going back into the game, right? Like the stat line was crazy, but um, you know, I think it probably went a long way in in, in showing uh, Vernon how much his head coach and offensive coordinator believe in him. Yeah, so uh, uh, I was talking earlier on the show with Arash Madani, and I find this very intriguing, the underlying theme of the weekend. You've got Taylor Powell, because of injury, taking over in Hamilton, gets his first start. You've mm-hmm. got uh, Dustin, is it Dustin Crum? Yeah, Dustin Crum, yeah. who, who had a great game against Winnipeg, and that was no fluke. I watched, Zinger and I watched back that game, the fourth quarter. He made some throws in that last drive hey, that weren't fluky. And then Mason Fine, if not now, yeah. when for Mason? and fine. So as a former quarterback who had to scrape and claw just to get a chance, how intrigued are you by watching those three stories? Well, yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, I'm with you about Crum. You know, I was like, you know, I watched that game over again as well, and I thought, uh, you know, not only, obviously, he showed you he can run, right? That's no question, but overall, like, his arm strength was, I thought, outstanding. The one throw that he made on that winning drive, uh, he made to Bahar, uh, on the sidelines was unbelievable. To the far sideline, uh, he threw a he threw a dart. He threw a lot of darts. Um, but I'm with you on that. I, I'm I'm excited. You know, this is the unfortunate part is that you know in this league where we so desperately need to find young quarterbacks, the problem lies in that in some cases you need time to figure out the game because it's different than what they're used to playing 
right through college and 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 through high school. It's it's a, there's there's there fundamentally there's differences, and so you need some time to develop into that. So what you you need to be able to do is like they're doing in Saskatchewan Mason, is that this is his third year, is it not? Yes. Yeah. So now all of a sudden, balls you 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 have to see the reward in the um, commitment to him. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, mm-hmm. this isn't his, he's not a rookie. I mean, he's been here for three years. You need to see him because this is why you have him. This is why you believe in what you see and what you see off the field and his commitment and watching film and all those things. You now need to see that translated onto the field in games because you've made that commitment. And that's what you want to see teams do. And now the hope is for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders is that he's going to be he's going to pay the dividends, right? That he's going to he's now going to get an extended amount of time to prove that he can be the next guy. And that's what you're you're hoping is that your general manager and the personnel and the people that have kept him around, they've kept him for this reason, yeah, um, because they think he can be that guy. Absolutely. Uh, I think the Toronto Argonauts are the best team in the league. The BC Lions, the next best team. And then there's a bit of a separation. Uh, what, what are you going to make of tonight's game? Edmonton is 15 point dogs on the road in well, Winnipeg. Well, will, will, will they cover? Will they get in that 15 point range? Well, I don't know. You're going to have a pretty angry Winnipeg Blue Bomber team because they're going to be choked about the way they lost. So you know that yeah. they're going to be, you know, super focused. And, Again, um, well, I don't think they. Hey, hey, let me stop you, Julio. I don't think they're as good as they think they are. Oh no, no, no! I, 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 I they, they're still very good, right? And I, and I agree. I think that they've come back to the pack. I think that you know they've committed themselves to a core group of players. They've been there for a long time, and those players now it, it's 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 the nature of sport. They're getting older, and you know you, you start to lose a little bit of that of of that you know, that uh, the, the speed and you mm-hmm. lose a little bit more of that motivation because you've been there, you've done it. They've, I mean, what more can they do? They've been to three straight great cups. They've, they've won, they won back to back great cups. You know I mean? They've done a lot with a, that really core group of guys and it's just, it happens. People catch up and there, 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 there are teams that have caught up to them. Not to say that they're not capable of winning. Mm-hmm. They sure are, but they just, teams have caught up to them yeah, and they... now they've come back to the pack mm-hmm. and the Toronto's and the BC's, you know Montreal a little bit. They've shown that they can they can compete, and so uh, that's good. I mean, it's good for the league. It right? is. We want to see that. We want to see. Like, that's why, honestly, when you say about the Edmonton and Winnipeg, like you're right. Are they going to cut? I don't know. But you know what? They we need we need as a as a as a league. We need Edmonton to be competitive. They're a great market. They're great football fans. We need them to you know to give them a reason to go out and watch the games because. You know, when people become indifferent because it's the same old, same old, then, I mean, that's where we, we don't yeah. want, right? You, you want to have competition. Hey, you know that Chris Jones is going to have them competitive. It's just whether or not they, they've got people at the skill position, and ultimately it's the quarterback. If he can play up to his standard, if he can play competitively, it's keep his team in the game and capitalize on opportunities, they're going to have a chance because they play good enough defense. Hmm. But their quarterback, just plain and simple, needs to be better. And if he can they're going to have a chance. I always love our chats. Can't wait to talk to you in person on Saturday, my man. See you, buddy. Take I look care. forward to it as always. Yeah, take care. That's a great Julio. Care- travels, yeah, yeah. thanks, bud. That's the great Julio Caravata, color commentator in the BC Lions radio network and a quarterback in this league with the BC Lions. When we come back, we'll hear from Brian Cox Jr. And uh, I want to bring up a couple of other CFL things. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM.
kings of Saskatchewan sports talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Coming up, we're going to hear from Glenn Suter after 5.30 in our Regina Red Sox report. It's press coverage. He's in Ed, uh, Winnipeg getting set to call the Edmonton Winnipeg game live from the booth at IG Field. We'll talk to him. And then we'll hear from Darian Durant, the replay from the first segment of the show. He was at Ag in Motion, and of course it's appropriate we talk to him today because it is uh, Wendy Kelly in the Builders category, posthumously, and the 2013 Rough Rider team that won the Grey Cup going into the plaza this year. And Darian is in Saskatchewan doing some PR work with Nutrient at Ag and Motion. So we had him to start the show and you'll hear that as we go out. Hey, uh, Bomber's trying to do the whiteout. Now I'm not sure why. The seats are blue and they won't be sold out tonight. So it's not going to look that spectacular. They're wearing all white tonight when they take on the Edmonton Elks. So uh, there won't be a sellout. They're going all white. Don't they know they're blue and gold? I don't know. I never understood the... It's like an NHL playoff thing, you know. Yeah, I know it's a Jets thing. It's not you're the Bombers, not the Jets. Do your own thing. And you know, we talk about the Riders. Do they even have white pants that team? They're making it that way, I think. That's Anthony Lanier stupid. Anthony Lanier the second will miss another game because of a foot injury. Brandon Council on the O line's questionable. Uh Roland Milligan Jr. out. Peter Godber out. Jackson Ford out, Trevor Harris out, and Braden Lenius is practicing but can't play till next week. And Micah Johnson mispracticed today, non-football related, but he will play. So you're like, oh, look at our injuries. Look at the Toronto Argonauts. They're undefeated, first time since 1983. They are playing without... They won the Grey Cup that year. Yeah, they beat the. They ended a 31-year drought beating the BC Lions with Conridge Holloway. Conridge Holloway against Roy DeWalt in the first ever Grey Cup game held at the new BC Place. You're absolutely right. Uh, Conridge Holloway was the starter, but Joe Barnes came in off the bench to lead them to. I want to say a 17. Uh, was it 17-9? It wasn't a very great game. It was 17. Check that score for me. I think it was 17-9. I want to say. Or seventeen eleven or seventeen nine. Anyway, um, the uh, the Argos are missing eighteen to seventeen. Eighteen seventeen. That's what it was. I guess it was a pretty good game. Yeah, uh, Argos are missing Darius Bladick, Isaiah Cage, Markeith Ambles, Thomas Costigan, Sean Oakman, Enoch Mwamba, Jordan Williams, and Josh Haggerty, and they're still four and all. Just some of the names are missing. So they've got they've got injuries too. Everybody's got injuries. BC hasn't been hit as hard. Winnipeg hasn't been hit hard for three years. Uh, so we just got to deal with this early season adversity, and hopefully the riders can uh, I think it will put catch up a up. solid effort and maybe uh, sneak a uh, squeak one out here. I think it's going to catch up with other teams too. It, it will eventually. Eighteen games, it's the is, natural flow of the season, well, baby. Eighteen games is a lot to play in a football year. NFL's bitching about seventeen. We've been eighteen yeah, for a while. They're going to go up to eighteen. They will. They will. Yeah, absolutely. And then they'll take credit for it when yeah. we've been doing it forever. <laughs> yeah, right. Kind of like the pass interference. Kind of like the moving back the PAT. All right, we'll take a break. Um, Oh, no, we won't. No, we're not taking a break. I'm sorry. We're going to hear from Brian Cox Jr. One of those guys relied on heavily to get the pressure on Vernon Adams Jr. so he doesn't have time to get it to his sleek receiving core. Uh, I feel like last week was a week where I really got to get my reps in and, um, you know, kind of like build a little little bit of a repertoire uh, coming into the game, just, you know, hitting different moves and stuff like that. So I feel like it's only going up from here. Just, you know, I just got to keep putting the building blocks together and keep growing. 
How important is that as a defensive end to really get into a groove during your game? Uh, very important. Um, I feel like pass rushing is a, is a big dance throughout the game. It's all about setting them up throughout the game. So, you know, when you get to the fourth quarter, third quarter, you can kind of, you know, bank on certain moves that you've been using earlier on to kind of set them up and do different things. So uh, it's real important, you know, building momentum. Don't know if Lanier will be playing again this week or not. We'll wait for the injury report. But what advice has he kind of been giving you from the sidelines as he's been dealing with this injury? Uh, just telling me what he sees out there, different things Olamin are doing, different schemes I'm getting um, at that position, at the quick to the boundary. So, you know, he's just always giving me advice. Uh, every time I come to the sideline, he's pulling me to the side, letting me know what he sees. What have you kind of seen from watching the tape of Vernon Adams Jr.? He's going to be the most, I guess, uh, athletic uh, running quarterback you've faced so far this season. Yeah, he's definitely elusive. Uh, he has good pocket awareness, good pocket presence, uh, makes quick reads, so he gets the ball out of his hands pretty quick. So we just got to be all on our P's and Q's and, and get to him. Um, just going back to last week's game, it, it didn't show up on the stat sheet, but you kind of mentioned, did you felt that you had the good game just again in pressure and getting through to the quarterback? Yeah, I mean, uh, sometimes it's not about sacks. Sometimes it's just affecting the quarterback. Uh, I hit him a few times. I, I definitely could do more, so I feel like as my role increases, I can, you know, put more out there on the field. In terms of handling that uh, one yard off the ball, how are you handling that adjustment? Uh, it's, it's, it's just what it is, you know. It's a different league up here, different rules, so it's just something you just got to get adjusted to and take it on the run. Is an extra, you talked about uh, facing Adams, is it extra, you have to think a little bit more as a pass rusher when you're facing a mobile quarterback? Uh, not really. I wouldn't say think more. You just have to be a little more cautious about your rush lanes because uh, you can't let a guy like that get out because it's number field when he's running. So you just got to be a little more cautious. I wouldn't say think more, just, you know, just have to be aware that he's he can run. You guys are going to Vancouver this week, and then you're going to Halifax next week. You ever experienced kind of a travel situation like that, going that far in a matter of a week span? I have not. Uh, it's my first time, you know, up here in the CFL, my first year. So I definitely um, getting adjusted to the travel schedule and the different games, different venues we got to go to. It's all a part of the game. Like, like, like you said, sacks are kind of just one part of a defensive end's job. But mm -hmm. a couple sacks without one, you guys got one again. Do you have as a, as a group kind of be like, come on, like we're, we're so close to just having one again? Yeah, I mean, it's. I feel like I've always believed that you know sacks come in bunches. So when you start getting them, it kind of just you know when it rains it pours type of deal. So I just you know you just got to stay patient. Everybody just got to do their job. Just stay the course. Keep uh, believing in what we're doing, the techniques we're doing, and they'll come. What are those other things that people who don't necessarily notice a defensive end do that's just as important as getting to a quarterback? Uh, taking two, keeping the linebackers free, keeping your guys over the top so they can scrape over the top and make plays. It's just a lot of the dirty work that we do that you know may not get recognized because it doesn't show up in the box score on the stat sheet, but it's one of those things that's important for a defense. Excellent. Thank you. All right, we are back with your sports ticker. It's 531, and your sports ticker is brought to you by Busy Bee Overhead. Busy Bee will repair or replace your residential or commercial garage door so you don't get stuck in or out. Catch the buzz. Busy Bee Doors, the garage door specialists. Yeah. Oh, boy. I'm, I'm under pressure in the pocket. We got week seven tonight in the Canadian Football League. Edmonton is in Winnipeg, taking on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Opening kickoff coming up. Less than one hour from now, 6.30 p.m. Saskatchewan time. Do the Elks have a big upset in store, or do the Winnipeg Blue Bombers say, hey, we're going to get back to our winning ways? Showcasing the boys of summer. Time for another edition of the Sports Cage Regina Red Sox Report on 620 CKRM. 
Regina Red Sox report for the Canadian Brew House and their new summer feature menu, including jalapeno popper dip, hangover helper, new candlestick fries, and so many other features, flavors, and cocktails. The Regina Red Sox continued their road trip in Alberta. They were in Sylvan Lake to take on the Gulls, and they fell four to nothing to the Gulls. The player of the game for the Regina Red Sox was Anthony Sharkis. Sharkis went three for four at the plate. He was the impact player of the game, number 17 of your Regina Red Sox. That's the Red Sox report. Gets in second and long, they've been bringing Glenn Suter up on the outside. Sometimes they blitz him, sometimes they don't. But when he's blitzed, he's had success. And it's picked up by Suter, he runs it out of time for press coverage as former writer greats and veteran CFL football broadcaster Glenn Suter shares his unique and passionate perspective about the league we love with Rider Nation. Press coverage with Glenn Suter uh, brought to you by Quality Tire with nine locations across Saskatchewan to serve you. Check them out at qualitytire.ca. Um, I actually uh, think the Saskatchewan Rough Riders have uh, an opportunity to uh, to hang with the BC Lions and, and maybe even beat them. I'd be more confident if they had more guys returning from the injured list, more key guys. Uh, this game on Saturday is going to be real interesting. Yeah, it will be. And, you know, I know we break it down before the game, uh, Michael, but uh, just looking ahead to it, uh, you know, I, I think, first of all, you kind of sum up the first third of the season because that's really where we are right now. And, and what we've learned in the first third of the season is that any team is beatable. We've learned that. The Bombers came in as heavy, you know, heavy favorites in almost every game. The Lions, you know, they have they, they have proven that, uh, or other teams have proven that they can hang with BC as well as they're playing. Same with the Argos. Um, you know, and take it right down to the fourth quarter. We've learned we've learned that even when you deserve it, sometimes you don't win. That you you have to earn every every inch, and that you know this is an exciting game, and and it and the rules take us right down to the final three minutes more than not. So that's what we've learned in the first third, and and so what to your question? Yeah, the Riders can hang with the BC Lions. You know, I think the matchup in this game is is doesn't have anything to do with Mason Fine. Really, the matchup in this game is BC receivers versus the back end, the secondary of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Can they cover down on this receiving court? Because if they can do their job back there and and take care of Javon Katoy and Hollins and Whitehead and Hatcher, then then they, you know, this team can stay with the Lions and, and upset them for sure. Well, and I'll piggyback that because the best friend of a Secondary is a pass rush, and the Riders haven't been spectacular in that category. They were okay at times last week. They had one sack and one pressure that resulted in an interception. But if those guys you just mentioned can run their full routes and run all day, the Riders' secondary, I don't care how good they are, won't keep up to those guys. So they need that uh, pass rush to get going. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that that's important. And even if you have to blitz, again, you know, I, I think Jason Shivers here has the chance to say, okay, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna maybe take some chances and get some pressure on Vernon Adams, and then our DB, led by Nick Marshall back there, who's playing well, our DBs can can then jump some quick routes, some hot routes. Um, not to say that they have to be riverboat gamblers all of a sudden. You know, you have to be smart with your with your moments that you jump or the moments that you take chances and pattern read and things like that. But Marshall's great at it, and so is that secondary. They played well this year, so. You know, I, this is this is arguably 
you know, the best receiving core. Uh, I know Winnipeg has a good one too, but this is arguably the best receiving core with a veteran quarterback. Uh, and that's the matchup. If, if they can play well in the back end and lock these guys down, make it tough for these receivers, then they'll be in the game from start to finish. Let's be honest. Argos have the best team right now through uh, heading up to the uh, you know the first third of the season. Uh, BC is the best team in the West, and in my opinion, it's not close. So the Riders do have their work cut out for them. This weekend, though, the uh, underlying tone, Glenn Suter, is we get to see maybe the next wave of quarterbacks. At least that's what we're kind of hoping for. Taylor Powell gets his first career start for the Hamilton Tiger Cats due to injury. Uh, Dustin Crum uh, continuing maybe his ascent upwards after a, a big win over Winnipeg and of course we talked about Mason Fine I want to touch on Crum for a second man I rewatched that Ottawa-Winnipeg game that wasn't a fluke that dude was throwing dimes at the end of the game pinpoint passing to get them into the tie and then of course he can use his legs and as we've talked about the guy's an actual rocket scientist so you know he's smart like uh, this could be the next guy there I'm, look, I'm, I'm cheering for him well yeah it really could be and so could Mason Fine you know, and, and, you know, it may take a little bit longer for some than it does for others. And, you know, right now, chat, uh, you know, we're, we're seeing, we're seeing great young players, um, you know, perform. It's not the end of the world because they're inexperienced. Chad Kelly is a, is a good example of it that, you know, he's made some bad throws, but he's bounced back from them. He shows that he's able to be resilient when bad things happen, which they inevitably will. So, you know, when we have this young crop, it's not a negative story. It's an interesting story. And you know what else it does, Ballsy? It kind of, it kind of keeps, it, it has the potential to keep games close, if you know what I mean. Like if, if you have a, you know, a mismatch, you know, like, like the Winnipeg Edmonton game, which on paper is a mismatch. I, I, I think it's going to be close, but on paper, it's a, it's a mismatch. Yeah. You, you have, you have young quarterbacks in games like that. You, you keep it close because they're still learning and they might make a mistake or two or the wrong read or something. So, you know, it's, it, I just, I think fans have to be reminded that other than Ricky Ray, every star quarterback in our league took two, three years sometimes to become stars. They didn't just show up and were stars. So what Crum did to Winnipeg, a, a huge step. He could be the next guy. Chad Kelly in Toronto, young quarterback, playing great. And let's see what Mason Fine does in BC. Um, I'm looking at that Calgary team, though, and hey, listen, I'm in Ryder Nation, so fans wouldn't like me to... To, to pump up the Calgary Stampeders tires, right? Probably the most second, you know, the second most hated team behind the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in these parts. But I just like watching good football players. Mike Awe, man, he's fun to watch. And so is Brandon Dozier. He doesn't miss any tackles. Yeah, I like Alway, man. He uh, Dozier's been, you know, a great veteran. He's kind of one of those, uh, you know, ball hawking kind of nose for the football players that just have great instincts. So he knows kind of where to be, and and the timing is is often the right timing to make those tackles. You know, I think we have some great middle linebackers in the league. Larry Dean's one of them. Mike Alway's another. Um, you know, there's there's some great Halatic in BC mm-hmm. is playing excellent for the BC Lions. So, you know, I. I think we've got some great ones there and, uh, you know, guys that can run stop. That's why when I look at, uh, you know, the matchup, Sask and, and Vancouver, I, I think it, they can get pressure. Saskatchewan can get pressure on the quarterback. They can stop the run with Larry Dean and, 
and their linebacking core and Moncrief back in. And, and now that comes down to their secondary. Can their secondary hang out with, with this receiving core? Okay, the game you got tonight, the Edmonton Elks taking on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. The Elks have lost 10 straight games dating back to last season, and they're down two defensive starters to injuries during practice this week. Winnipeg's got Kenny Lawler back in the lineup, although he only had one day of practice uh, coming off the suspended list. Now, 14 and a half point dogs are the Edmonton Elks on the road. Now they've lost by 15 twice this season. So you might think, Oh, that's an egregious spread, but I don't know if it's egregious. Uh, you know, <laughs> you are what you are and you get the respect you earn. Um, I'm hoping Edmonton can put up a pretty good fight today in this game. How do you see this one shaking down? Well, I, I think they will. You know, I think it was a inspiring speech made this week. For uh, for Edmonton with T. Roy Simon, who's in their staff, of course, and you know he was part of that 0-5 start for the BC Lions back in 2011 when they won the championship. And he talked to the team this week, and you remember that team had Travis Lule, so it's it's a little different than than what Taylor Cornelius has shown us, which at times has been some good things, but uh, you know the record is what it is. It's four and 21. Uh, he he is 0-4 against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in his career, and he's 0-5 this year. So, you know, those are ugly numbers. He's 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 averaging 168 yards passing per game in his five starts this year. So he's going to have to play great and mix the run and the pass to keep it close. But they're better up front with Brett Boyko on the line. They do have the receiving core talent to keep this game close. And I'm going to be focused big time on whether or not I'm actually seeing this offensive line in Winnipeg get old. And, and again, I, I think there's still all-star guys and Stanley Bryant and Jamarcus Hardrick, but they, they're 37 and 38 years old, and they're both playing on the tackles on the edges. So are they getting old? Because Zach is, is feeling more pressure this year than I think he has in the last two. Yeah, absolutely. And, man, let's wrap up. We kind of touched on it last time, but it's worth banging the drum. Again, the Week 6 ratings come out, and uh, it was the best-rated week uh, since, uh, I think, early in the pandemic year in 2021 in terms of TV ratings. So we're starting to see uh, some nice pop in terms of uh, watching the game. I think that was, you know, I think that's generally been the case. Um, mm-hmm. People have just been slow coming back to the stadiums, which is indicative or, or noticeable right across all sports. Yeah, it is. I mean, you look at hockey when you have the best player in the world in Edmonton and they don't sell out in an 18,000-seat arena. You know, the the Vancouver Canucks don't sell out. You know, that's, to me, with their payrolls and things, that, that to me, would be a bigger concern in a lot of ways than uh, attendance and football in our country. But, you know, Vancouver is proving, and Amar Doman is proving, that even in big cities with other distractions in the summer where you have the ocean and hiking and everything else that Vancouver people do, that they're really excited about game day. The Upper Bowl is going to be open. Saskatchewan travels well, as you know, but mm-hmm. the Upper the upper Bowl will be open. They're going to have more street parties. It's jam-packed. It's getting harder to get tickets, especially if you want really good seats. Still super affordable because Amar Doman is making hot dogs a few dollars, right? And he's making it so that families can really enjoy it and get back in time to tuck their kids in at bed. So those are all the little things that, uh, you know, have been proven to be successful in Vancouver already. And he is just getting started. So I don't think there's any excuse across this country in any city. 
for not filling up stadiums, getting you know twenty five to thirty thousand in there and enjoying excellent football. And lastly, Glenn, I just want to squeeze one more in here because you. Uh, Touched on a good point there, and we've talked about it before. I have at least on this show. Uh, you know, people might not want to like the Rough Riders and other centers, and that's fine. It's it's fun to be the villain, but it's like it's important. I think that Mason Fine uh, shows well that the Rough Riders can at least scrape along. You know, maybe win one here, win one there, and stay in the mix for the playoffs because the tractor factor does travel well, and it's better for the league when the riders are competitive. Oh, I think so. I mean, the the riders will always be the heart and soul of the league. The ride, the you know, the middle of our country is football country, and and bombers over the last three years have done a nice job of mm-hmm. sort of replicating that. But you know, the 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 riders will always be, and I know that there'll be other markets that'll hear this and go on Twitter and say, "Oh, there's the former rider talking about how important the riders are," but it's just fact, and our ratings reflect it. Every time the riders are the visiting team, there's more attendance because there's rider fans across the country. If, if we played a football game in Mexico, rider fans would fill the stadium. And yeah. <laughs> because they are everywhere. <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. It's true. And, 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 you know, and no disrespect to any other, uh, any other um, uh, fan base, but there's a reason why we're having the touchdown Atlantic with the riders in a two straight years. It is the tractor factor. Anyway, Glenn, can't wait to watch your broadcast tonight, and I'm hoping for a good football game on a Thursday night football, the uh, Edmonton Elk and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Thanks for your time, Suits. Thank you, Michael.